got time. Oh, never mind. We're live. Oh, yeah. So we're live. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter then, then. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I'm just doing the shill tweets now, but we're waiting for Kino Corner. Um, going live. Get in here. Yeah. That's what everyone um, has to say, right? Yeah. I've, ever since that one Sam Hyde stream, Jahoo's trip to the future. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, Kino's going to be a little late. He always is a little late. But is anyway, still, is he still doing his Oscars prediction talk? I think he may he might be doing his Oscar predictions talk. We'll see. We'll see. But um oh my god, there's someone I'm seeing that I'm just going to my messages now. Yeah. Uh some someone I see's uh nightmare vision ratioing someone. But anyways, this is this is the first time we faced in a, in a while. Um We'll I see how well I, the internet holds up. Yeah, I put some time on before on the uh, on the Rowan ride machine, so I look pretty uh, pumped. So hopefully, but anyways, this is episode thirty-five. No, wait, thirty-three. No, no, thirty-three. Yeah, no, thirty-five is the episode I did yesterday with Apolke Krumenian. Uh, yeah, yesterday released uh, episode 35 of Content Minded. Go check it out after the stream, of course. It's amazing. It's Theory Cell. Talk about Alul. We talk about uh, Del Noche and Christianity. And of course, uh, the paywall version, we talk more about Russia. But, you know, we talk a lot about Christian nationalism and uh, Carl Schmidt, all that fun stuff. So, also, yeah, so Prudentialist has a bunch of fun stuff as well this week. Yeah, I, articles. I, I visited um, New Foundings offices down in Dallas, and I had a chance to mm -hmm. talk to Santiago, their director and head of product, sort of to get an understanding of what these guys want to do, because they put out a lot of stuff saying that we want to make sure that people aren't um, working for wokesters. Basically, they want to have an employment version of exiting the longhouse. And so anyone who sees that probably has a few questions to ask about security and things like that. So Santiago was kind enough to speak to me for an hour you can go visit my channel. That conversation's pretty good. Um, I will probably use their services in the future. Heaven forbid someone wants to go after me and my employment. But I would, uh, right now they have my endorsement. So if you want to yeah. check out that conversation, head to my channel. It's the first video that you'll see up there from most recent. There you go. Amazing. And yeah. I'm, I'm, of course, the maxing. So, no, I like to say it's like, uh, oh, are you a knee? I go, well, I'm kind of like a fake cell knee because, you know, um, I guess I, I guess like doing what I do, it's kind of like that weird gray area. But anyways, we uh, I'm we're still waiting for Kino Corner, but today we're going to talk about three, hopefully three, Daily Wire films. Um, what did you think on on binging all three of them in a short time span? What, yeah. What's your impression? I of watched Ben's. Uh, I, hopefully, hopefully transgressive. <laughs> he, you know. Ben Shapiro is going to be the Lenny Riefenstahl. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This yeah, is not Lenny Riefenstahl tier. There, <laughs> there's no triumph of the will on the Daily Wire no. Plus services. No. Uh, not even close. So I don't know. I watched all three movies back to back. I binged them. I have my notes here. Uh, I probably would have much more positive things to say about them if I didn't watch all three back to back because it felt like I watched yeah. the same movie three times in a row, where it is uh, separated male with strong female protagonists to save the day and all three of them. And 
Um, however, I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't like the Hallmark Channel or anything like that. There was uh, gore, good use of effects, both practical and special. Uh, the acting actually felt pretty solid for all three movies. I was pleasantly surprised yeah. that this wasn't as... Uh, I was expecting really dry, very blocky kind of characters. But I mean, for what they're doing, which seems to be rather mid-budget or lower-budget films that are them finally getting their toes wet into the water for filmmaking. I mean, there are setups, payoffs, decent acting, the writing. We can talk yeah. about that when the Kino Corner comes on. But I don't know. Like, I, I didn't go in with any real expectation. And I was pleasantly surprised it didn't suck. And that... Yeah. Um, but it was like I, the three movies we watched, which are Run, Hide, Fight, or Run, Hide, Fight, um, Shut In, and Terror on the Prairie. They're conceptually the same concept across all three movies. And so binging them back to back was just like, eh, I kind of, I've seen this before. I know where you're going. But I was surprised because Gina Carano can act a little more than, you know, when she gives, when they give her something to work with. So yeah, a, a big improvement of her acting from The Mandalorian. Oh God, she was in the Mandalorian. Yeah, I mean that's her. Whole, that's the only reason why she works for Daily Wire now is because she got canceled. Oh, she that's wasn't, right. Yeah, she wasn't up on that. Um, I guess that trans business, and so she was like, "I'm not changing my beliefs," and so Disney fired her, and so she works for the Daily Wire now, and she did that movie, which wasn't bad. I mean, same plot for the, all three of them, but I mean, <laughs> she she was she worked better than she did. I mean, because in the Mandalorian, right, she's this tough. You know, she kind of plays at the wrestler thing. She's a brawler, you know, nothing with a lot of character in it. Whereas in that one, she plays more of a isolated housewife that doesn't know how to defend herself, which kind of contrasts really well. Because it's like, well, Gina Carano's this kind of butch woman, but here she has to play yeah. sort of a defend for yourself housewife. Hey, guys. And finally, the man of the hour, Kino Carter. Hey, sorry I was late. Um, I can explain. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I can explain. Also, check out the shirt here I got. It's Jan Spunkmeyer's oh. Alice. All right. Nice. Um, I was doing a stream on my channel, an Academy Award prediction stream, right? However, a little bit of a twist, a little bit of a twist. Instead of actually making actual predictions, uh, have you guys seen Twin Peaks? Yes. Yeah. So what I did is I put a bottle at the other end of the room and had quarters and I would say the name of the nominee. And, <laughs> and so now I have, but, and I had to finish that before I came over here. So now I have an entire, the bottle predicted the entire, you know, every winner. And I'm sure it's going to be hundred percent correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So that is going to win big this year. The Fablemans is going to win big. According mm. to the model, uh, mm. everything everywhere at once will have a couple wins. Yeah, Kate it Blanchett, has to. Kate Blanchett's going to win. Tar's going to have some wins. Uh, the the big upset is that EO is going to win best foreign film. Not all quite on the Western Front. So Yerzy mm. Skolomovsky is actually going to do pretty well. According to the bottle is in Yerzy's cor corner right now. Interesting. So. And unfortunately, the bottle says that women talking will win the best adapted screenplay. Women I talking. hated the movie, so. <laughs> well, it's women talking, so it's. <laughs> <laughs> no. I haven't watched women talking. I should. 
but um it's like it's like obviously a movie made by la women larping as mennonites who aren't like are not believable yeah. as mennonites one bit it's like it's like it's like a porno with like amish women well, it's sort of like, you know, it's it's sort of like this whole thing of trying to uh, wrestle what's seen as very American conservative culture, even though it takes place in South America, but then yeah. like have all the politics just be like the most like Hollywood neolib shit, like just <laughs> but it's like coming. It's like Yellowstone in a sense, but it's even more like like blatant than Yellowstone. Like, <laughs> so more like yellow soy. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? In, in that same, yeah. in that same sort of like taking these sort of Americana aesthetics. But the thing is, the movie also is just ugly. It's just an ugly movie. It's ugly. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> already with like the Vincent Gallo, it's it's ugly. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's just I hated it. I hate it. I hated I hate it. it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Speaking of Vincent Gallo. You want to go into the first? Should we? Should we do? The oh, you guys anymore? were talking about terror on the prayer, right? Yeah, Str yeah. Let's do terror on the prayer first. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know how much you guys have talked about it, but the first thing that came to mind with me with this movie is nobody in this movie knows how to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> nobody no. knows how to shoot. No, okay, no. I think though that terror on the prairie we're starting off strong because this is to me by far the best Daily Wire movie. Really, I think I Run think High so. Fight was, but. I did not like Run Hide Fight. I have a lot of issues with it for Ritz writing, but I mean, no, no, it's good because of the theory cell content, but not the writing. <laughs> writing terrible. Okay, um, <laughs> um, yeah, but my, uh, I think Terror on the Prairie and Run Hide Fight are my top two. I didn't like Shut In as much, but Terror well, on the Prairie was the most competent, I think, of the three. It was the most yeah. competent. It was most competently made. It was most competently written. It's a B exploitation western film, which I was kind of surprised that they went with the exploitation of having like attempted rape, having a scalping scene. And I'm like, man, Ben Shapiro fun in this. Okay, well, <laughs> I guess props. Maybe we props. should avoid the RP word for YouTube, but we'll see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's I'll say, uh, say non-consensual relations. There you go. Um, yeah. 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 That was, so, that, I, you know what, to tell you the truth, I was expecting it sooner because you figure like four men with a woman alone back then, like, come on, can I make it any more obvious? So yeah it, yeah, it was it was definitely telegraphed. The thing about the movie is that everything in the movie is is fairly um telegraphed and pretty like Chekhov's knife, right? <laughs> you know, like you she's yeah. given the knife and they make a huge deal of showing you the knife, and you know that that knife she's gonna use that knife. And so when she goes back to the bed during the non-consensual relations scene, you're like, oh, okay this knife is going to come into play. Like, cause I don't think that it's going to be like that. The director who also made 90 minutes in heaven, which is one of the worst movies I've ever seen <laughs> um, yeah. is going to necessarily pull a Michael Haneke and completely subvert, you know, the Chekhov's gun uh, trope like he did in funny games. Um, wait, I'm looking up digital archipelago right now on, uh, on the YouTubes. Uh, to uh uh wait 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 give me a, give me a second i, I just want to have it so i can read chat um oh you can read chat on the side of stream yards oh really oh where's this yeah. where's the stream yeah, go to, to the comments, comments section. yeah oh i i'm i am a boomer when it comes to stream yards 
How do I? It's pretty good oh, once comments. you get used to it. Yeah, comments. Yes, on uh, the side it should say. say private chat. <laughs> Oching says. Oching says say buck breaking. We should review that for another episode. Um, hey, it's a great movie. And Tariq Nasheed just opened up his Hidden History Museum in L.A. I want to go. He did? Yeah, he opened it up uh, this last week. Oh, my God. So, let, okay, so, yeah, let's go Kino then. Prue, what did you think of um, Gina Carano? She looks pretty – Um, people, like, Trad Twitter was, like, criticizing her for, I don't know, like, she could – like, typical ZHP, she could lose weight. But – um. She's pretty good in it. Like, I feel like the film, in terms of the violence, was pretty gritty. I, didn't, I wasn't expecting that. It, it almost reminded me of the grittiness of, uh, like, a series like Banshee, where it's, like, very physical, like, type of violence. Not, like, the shooting was terrible. It was disgusting. It was, like, nobody could aim. But uh, what did you think of it? Like, I, I wasn't expecting. I wanted to talk about the Confederate angle. If that was, like, a conscious thing to be, like, the boomer like i don't know like lincoln is like the lincoln you know project. like boomer, yeah yeah like lincoln project like boomer conservative like you know but um apparently Wait, i'm gonna ben, get some more i'm gonna get some more coffee and i'll be right back yeah no problem apparently little ben threw uh scott adams uh claude adams under the bus this week so oh well i guess scott yeah. adams can give him that old you know rasmussen pull stare and make his own mind up on that but i don't know i like i like this movie was fine. I didn't. Everything had a setup and payoff, and you could tell because, like Keynote said, it's very, very telegraphed. Like you see somebody move by the window, you know the room where the window is in is going to be featured in the next scene. Uh, it was very much something that you could tell what was going to come next. But I mean, it was fine. I was. I didn't watch this movie first. I watched it last actually, so um, yeah, I was kind of desensitized by the violence because the you know I watched run hide fight first and so I was like okay these guys aren't afraid to to go a little ham on the gore or shooting um no no one I think on that set knew how to fire a gun Gino Carano's character um Hattie McAllister was fine not knowing how to shoot a gun or giving the you know shotgun to her son telling her to reload and things like that that was fine because maybe I wouldn't expect her to know how to do that although if you're gonna homestead you probably should so but I mean, it was good. Uh, I'm no, all, but none I'm of the all three of them. none of the soldiers knew how to fire. Like the thing is, is that she had all of her windows open for so long, and you know, and she and would have been also, shot dead in like the first five minutes. The shoot. Wait. <laughs> also, also, um, something I want to point out. This is this. Maybe this is a nitpick. Maybe not. Like, I give the film generally like a five out of ten because like there's a mm. whole bunch of plot holes there's a whole bunch of things that just don't work but i have to go like okay this is like a b movie this is a b exploitation movie yeah and it does fulfill its purpose as a b exploitation film uh made for you know boomer cons and this and this would be a movie that like a boomer con would watch and be like whoa that movie was intense <laughs> wow wow <laughs> you know. my <laughs> oh my god did you see that scalp come right off <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, like oh it, it fulfills its purpose in that way, right? Yeah. But one of the the thing that boggled my mind is that she puts okay. If you watch watch the film again, dude. All right, you know what? I paid very close attention because I paid fucking fourteen dollars to get the Daily Wire subscription for the month, 
to watch this film last night. So you oh bet I paid. I was like <laughs> zeroed in on fucking everything. And get this is that the the front door that she puts the cabinet in front of, right? At the like when they're starting the siege, you know, um, she puts a cabinet in front of it. The door is not on the inside of the house. Yeah. And it doesn't swing in, meaning the door swings out. So what's the point of putting the cabinet on the inside version of the door when it doesn't even swing inside? Wouldn't yeah. they just open the you could open the door and, and get over the cabinet yet they come there and they probably would know this you know and they just start kicking the door even though it makes no sense to kick the door and she has all the other windows open and they're like oh well we can't go close to those windows she's just standing right by those windows you could you know all you have to do is just like i don't know go to a window and just shoot in you know um all these yeah windows it seems are open like there's a lot of like incoherent schlock. Like it, it was um, the the one thing I would it didn't make apparent was that he was in the Confederacy and that he like um, like they had a history together. I thought like if she did, like in the first half of the film, I thought if she didn't see the scalp, then maybe you know it's kind of needless. Like you know she should have just like had breakfast with them and like put them on their way. But then as the so it didn't make it obvious like in the beginning that like plot line. But I guess I, I don't think, know. I get. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I didn't hold that against it, yeah. because you know the idea is that like also her husband doesn't want to talk about his time in the, the war, war, which yeah. which is very normal. You know, if you see a lot of horrors in war, you're generally not going to want to talk about what happened. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of lucky to have some friends who, or family friends, like my grandfather who fought in World War II. Um, like in the Pacific theater and, you know, and they talked about it, but it was very obvious every time they talked about it, it was quite um, disturbing to them. So I, I never really pushed that. You know, I only like allowed them. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they, they would tell me because they'd be like, this is why like war is like terrible and you should never be for it. You know, this is around the time of like George Bush, right. Going mm. into Iraq. And it's like, we don't like, and um, so it makes sense that, you know, he wouldn't want to talk about the war. He wants to put everything past him. And it's like, hey, we're homesteading in Montana now. Uh, this is like the past is the past. Like, let's not let's not think about this anymore. Yeah. And it makes sense that he wouldn't tell his wife. Like everyone keeps secrets from people. And I'm guessing that his wife probably knows how upset it it makes him. But then but then what's weird and this is and this is a, a writing thing is then later in the third act she then acts like she knows. So mm. first it seems like she doesn't know. And then she explains to the son, your daddy was, did the wrong thing. He decided to do the right thing. So then it is like, okay, so I guess she did know, but she didn't know. And she didn't know about the whole burning the one guy's daughter um, alive, which you know what, if I was that guy, if I was the daughter's dad, I would probably do the same thing as him. Like, let's yeah. be honest here. Yeah. And I, I do like how it does kind of sh like make you go, Oh, okay. Well, he is kind of a bit like the, the husband is kind of a bad guy. Like, yeah, there's one nuance there. Yeah. yeah. And I did kind of like that, that it sort of made everyone look equally bad in a sense. Um, except that, uh, you know, one guy is on a path of destruction. The other guy is on this path of creation, creating a family. 
And that's the only reason, essentially, the only reason you even side with this guy is because of his wife and because of his kids. Like, that's the only reason you side with the guy, because the other guy really has nothing else to live for. Yeah. Um, and uh, but at the same time, you like really understand. And I mean, it's like revenge is la bad, you know, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's not quite as uh, not quite as graphic as like Straw Dogs, where it's. Straw Dogs is like way more intense uh, in a oh, lot yeah. of ways where there actually is like a victim in Straw Dogs. And this, I do kind of like how how they do sort of balance the two because one guy is a traitor. Like the thing is, it's like... Yeah, you, that's another thing. I think like they wanted yeah. to angle like the Normie Khan, like, oh, he saw the light, so then he joined the union. But really, yeah, you're a gutless traitor. Like, come on, bro. You like betrayed your commanding officer. You turncoated. And, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, it doesn't matter what side you're on. It, like, it yeah, doesn't matter no, what side you're on. If you're going to like kill your other fellow brothers in arms, who you've been fighting with for the last years. Um, if you were a union and you went to the Confederacy, if you were a Confederacy, you went to the union. If you were an American going over to the British side or vice versa, look, the other, the side that you betray is going to hate you. And is, yeah. and especially if you try killing them, Look, they kill deserters. You get killed for deserting. You're going to get hunted down for being a traitor, being a, a Benedict Arnold. Like, yeah. that's how it goes. Um, and, yeah, they try to make it like he saw the light. But I just don't think that that, like, for one, I just don't, like, after, of course, the horrors the Union did in um, that time of the, uh, um, that time of the war, how could you see what uh, General Sherman was doing and say, I want to join his side? That's the yeah, good, exactly. That General Sherman is the good guy. I just don't, yeah. I just don't see how you could, how you could see that. I mean, I grew up in the South, right? Like, obviously, like everyone in the South calls it the War of Northern Aggression. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't quite buy, like, I don't quite buy that. I think that there's a lot more nuance to it than, uh, than what a lot of people, especially nowadays, try try to give it. Um, yeah. Um, but and it's way more of a complicated situation. But at the same time, knowing just sort of Southern men, man, if you turn on Southern men to go fight for Yankees, it, the, there's even like distaste now if you're like a Southern guy and you like move up to New England and then you come <laughs> down trying to act like a yeah. New Englander or something. You know, it's, um, you know, it's just that's just what it's it's like. I, I just don't see how you could uh, um, as a Southern man like do that especially at that time in the war when things were i mean sherman was an evil man like you can be pro-union um and also still say that sherman was very evil what he did this was, was during terrible. reconstruction or not even reconstruction at this time the this was 12 years after the war yeah so, so reconstruction. They, yeah reconstruction um, quote unquote <laughs> yeah quote, yeah exactly which man i mean that had to be probably the worst time in our country's history uh was not just the civil war but the years leading up to it i mean because there was also like a couple other civil wars going on i think there was the what west virginia versus virginia there was the fighting in missouri um and then reconstruction was just a shit show it was just yeah. um i mean it was essentially just punishing the south for trying to secede um well prude uh, you prude you have a lot of ideas being a southerner and a military brat so well, yeah, Wait, I, I'm also a military Texas. brat. Oh, well, there you go. Oh. Yeah. 
Oh, can we call Texans something? We can call Texans. They something. fought for the Confederacy. I shut them in with the South. Depending, <laughs> I, I would say I would say Texas. It depends on where in Texas. I'm in Austin, so it's basically California. Well, I yeah. I'm close to the Red River, so it's a little different. I have family yeah. that hanged Yankees when this war kicked off, so I think it's a little different. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't I mean, know if Prude should admit that in this. Well, oh, no, that's, I was going to say based alert, but uh, no. But, I mean, like, you can't. what am I talking about? I'm a, I'm a loyalist. I'm in Canada. What am I talking about? My God. Yeah. Um, Go back to your. Yeah, crown. I know. You guys literally asked to be your own country. Please, Britain, make us our own country. And then yeah, 1867, the dog, the dog you got, vote got more votes than Canada did. Did you know that? And then in 1982, build... out of 2,000 different designs for the Canadian flag, they chose a fucking leaf. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I, listen, I still still raise the Dominion flag, okay? None I was of about to say, the, the red ensign is a far better flag than yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, like, the movie doesn't really talk too much about it. I'm not surprised that the husband would have kept that secret, especially if you decided to move out to the middle of nowhere during Reconstruction. You probably wouldn't want to say to anybody that you fought for the South, even yeah. if there was, like, a general... I mean, between fellow combatants, right, there's going to be a difference of opinion. I mean, one soldier to another. But, I mean, if you're an ordinary folk, you know, you don't want to go out and tell people, yeah, I fought for the South and I'm escaping or whatever. Yeah, that, that's like that's like being in 1950s America and then saying, like, I was actually brought here on Operation Paperclip. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's the, it's essentially the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, it's like, when did you move here? In the 1930s? No, no. U.S. government brought me over in 1945. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the Simpsons. Uh, do it. Do what you feel. Day. It's like replacing do what you do what we say. Day made by German immigrants in 1944. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh um, yeah, I created the CIA and, and NASA and. <laughs> <laughs> And my mother lives in Brooklyn. So <laughs> Wasn't there a film where it was like a guy in a certain camp, he discovers the guard that was, there was like a film like that. Like there's tons of films like that, but anyways. it's, it's, it's its yeah. own. It was in Brooklyn. Genre. <laughs> um, there's going to be a I, new one out right now where like, there's a John wick, but in 1940s Germany or Finland. So. Don't oh, look up who, don't look up who the Finns fought for in the war though. But that's you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't look up who the Bal Baltics fought for either. <laughs> um, dude, I like in all of Europe, I swear the Baltics are the most like Nazi people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Try going through customs in in Latvia. Go to Riga customs. That is Oh man. Oh no, dude. That was like one of the worst airport experiences of my life. Just like, stay in line. You must, you know, just screaming at people. I was like, holy shit. You know, French customs, dude, Latin countries, the best. Latin countries, the romance countries. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. So nice. So nice. Italy, France, Spain. Ah, love them. The Baltics, I will never go back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh man, yeah, but, that's. I mean, yeah. well, <laughs> their their ancestors probably fought in a uh, New Swabia, and they probably know where the uh, gate to Hyperborea some, is. So, but... Something, something that people don't notice. All right, um, something that people don't notice about like the movie Come and See 
is that, you know, the man at the end of come and see that's like, none of you deserve to live. Like the man who really Where wants you to stop the contagion of global communism. Yeah. 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 Uh, he's Estonian. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. He's a famous no, Estonian actor. Aren't they genetically similar to Finns? Or yeah, yeah. So uh, Estonians are uh, they're at least your language is very close to to Finnish. Yeah, it's it's unlike the other Scandinavian languages. So like Danish, Swedish, Norwegian are all kind of similar, and then Finland and it's like you know you go you go from like Sweden where it's like uh, you know the weird I don't know, Swedish hergadurga or whatever you know, and then you go to uh, Finland. It's like Oh yeah, the people's names are like Timu, and it's all like Muma, everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, the the Ugurik. Uh, we need to get Peter Nemitz in the yeah. stream. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. But <laughs> but final thoughts on um, I I know what to make of this film. I think like it it hits the nail of like Boomer Catnip, but like okay, war veteran, Union, yeah. um, home like Mahek and wholesome homesteading, um. Mm -hmm. I don't know why would they like green light this film. Also, is Gina Carano is her her career is done for. She's basically gonna have to make these uh, Daily Wire films forever. Yeah, it's um, after she you know because she was in The Mandalorian. The thing about Gina Carano is that she's not a very great actress, and um, she's a pretty wooden actress. Wasn't she like WWE like women's WWE or something? Oh yeah, before? that's right. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's like okay. There have been some like good actors from WWE, but she's just kind of wooden. I remember that they're like, "What's that accent? Is that Missouri?" And she's like, and then she talks back to them, and what sounds to me like a California accent. I'm like, that doesn't <laughs> sound like a Missouri accent. Um, yeah, you know, it just does. That doesn't sound. Oh, uh, UFC. She was in UFC. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which she explains a bit because you gotta you gotta do a little bit of acting in the WWE, but you don't have to in UFC. Okay. Yeah. Hey, oh, that's look, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't watch sports. All right. I don't watch, I don't watch sports, but, <laughs> um, but you know, she just kind of like, she's fine. Like she kind of looks the part. Yeah. Um, she yeah. She's got like part. a kind of semi-masculine face. That's got, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, she looks the part and, um, as the homesteader wife, you know, the kind of like rugged, you know, she's got that real grit, you know? Yeah. And uh, I just don't like she's serviceable. I'll say that. Like her acting it's is serviceable. serviceable. And yeah. the whole movie is serviceable. That's kind of how it comes down to for me. It's everything is serviceable. There's nothing that's particularly like terrible about it, but there's also this nothing particularly great about it either. It's, yeah. It's it's a B movie. It's a B exploitation movie through and through. That's has all these little things, like here's a man with real courage and grit that he was fighting for the Confederacy, but he decided to protect this great nation and go over to the Union. And now these dang um evil Confederates uh, <laughs> are hunting him down, and he's homesteading, and he's got to protect his family. And this is this you know Second Amendment <laughs> law of self defense, yeah. Castle Doctrine. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't see that. Angle. Yeah, that could be the angle. Uh, Prue, what, what do you think? Was that there the Second Amendment? Um, I, I to me, it, it was sort of the you know how we have our politics, where it's just like, well, we, you know, we have our own you know based and red pilled you know gay you know performance actor or whatever. And at this point, I think all three of these movies can just point to like, see, we've got our own strong, independent female that can save the day. That is, yeah, they're all progressive in its messaging. 
Yeah, there are, like that's the thing about like this like the Daily Wire angle of like conservatism, right? I mean, I'm not like I, I I'm not really like super political. I like kind of just stepping back and just sort of seeing how these play out in different um in different sort of uh uh sectors. And it seems like Daily Wire wants to essentially just do like a mirror image of Hollywood, but with uh, signifiers to or to uh, like uh, um, to attract like just a different kind of audience. Well, it, right? it reminded me of so there's this awful robot chicken skit about the peanuts from I'm going way back, but Charlie Brown's getting mad at Peppermint Patty and Lucy for like making out or whatever. And he's just like, this show is supposed to have strong Christian overtones. And they just keep making out as he's yelling. And that's what the show feels like, is that we're just going to put the right kind of uh, virtue signaling in. And, but you know. it's weird. Isn't it weird that they have like the bad guy be like the son of a preacher who's the one who's like saying all the uh, Bible verses? Which about it makes no weird. sense in the context at all. I mean... You know, he's yeah. talking about it like, you know, leave her alone. And then he's like citing Genesis about like how a man will cleave from his family to be with his. And it's just like none of this is really applicable in the same way. Like in, in Shut In, too, where they she's sort of locked in there and she reads the Bible. Shut In was much worse. With Yeah, the... it was so yeah. it had God. not just... It had God's not dead vibes with how over. the, <laughs> on the head So I guess I guess this will segue us into Shut In. Yeah. But before that, sneak those super chats, guys. Remember last week. We had to pre-record. I was, well, a few weeks before, I was murdered on the Super Chats because of uh, being pre-recorded. But uh, please, I have, I have yet to see one. I, people are usually good at the top of the hour, though. They'll do it. But now, final thoughts on this film. It is Boomer Catnip. Um, I don't know. Like, there, there wasn't, I, I think, like, it, here's my critique overall as we go along. If you have a production company, if the Daily Wire has this much money, right, why wouldn't you make movies that are like not generally like based in red pill, but I guess like have like the heft of an art house film to like prove to people that like the audience of it isn't like chuds and like, you know what I mean? Um, it's how, how can I say it? Um, yeah, I, I feel you like they should make, do something. You just, all daily wire needs to do. This is okay. Daily wire. Hope you're listening. Benny boy, hope you're in the chat. Ben Shapiro's in the chat. Give us those oil bucks, okay? Yeah. This is what you do, Ben. And this is free advice uh, from me, but I also expect millions of dollars after this. You remake Blade Runner 2049, but there's one little difference. Ryan Gosling at the end when he's looking up and all the ash and snow is falling down on him, he mutters, the West has fallen. <laughs> that's you all you need that's all you need <laughs> oh my god all right i think we're gonna have to go off cam because see if that helps prude out so let's uh let's go off cam for oh me. let me uh stop prude are you still there bro yeah i wonder he'll come back his, his internet's uh screwed up right now but mm -hmm. um so let's transition into uh oh god what's it called Hot, um, the shut in is that what it's called? Shut in, yeah. So, I want to just, um, I thought it was going to be about like a neat max. See, this is true. <laughs> they should have true Ray Winkino, they should have like a neat and they should have like some, it should be like the the whale, 
but like he's a moderator for like I don't know. Iron <laughs> he's Mark a Discord mod. <laughs> he's a Discord mod for furry Discord. <laughs> <laughs> and then like some like then they should have used Vincent Gallo to be like more like a based in red pill. Like he's got to find this like Discord moderator. He's a YouTube commentary. Uh, <laughs> he's a commentary <laughs> YouTuber. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> it could be like fanatic except No, no, or he watches a Turkey Tom video about like losers, creeps, and pedos about to <laughs> shut in. And he's like this unhinged guy that watches a Turkey Tom video, doxes the the furry Discord mod, and goes to basically enact his punishment. That's what Shutty <laughs> should have been about. <laughs> It'll be like Vincent Gallo be like in hackers, you know, he'll have like the braids and he'll like, have like monster energy like zero ultra. But like you imagine yeah. Vincent Gallo's a hacker, just like, okay, I finally got this guy, I got his IP address. I'm gonna <laughs> Oh, it's gonna be crazy. The uh so I wanna like preface this thing because I actually watched the YouTube premiere of Shut In. So for some Whoa. reason yeah, for so for some reason, uh, Daily Wire thought it was going to be a good idea to premiere the movie on YouTube. Now, anyone who um, anyone who uh, like knows about YouTube live streaming, <laughs> if you're watching this, you should know that the compression the compression is pretty shit. And doing like premiering, just YouTube in general, the compression is pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and especially with a movie like Shut In that has a lot of shadows, has a lot of dark shots, that really comes to light. And it was in like not even HD, if I remember correctly. Um, it it the compression was so bad it kind of ruined a lot of the look of the film. Not to say that the movie was necessarily like a cinematic masterpiece or yeah. the cinematography was any good, anyways. But the um, but watching on YouTube was definitely not the ideal way to watch it but i watched it that way because i didn't want to have to pay to see it so um <laughs> i wanted to have an opinion on it and i was like oh vincent gallo's in it like and i figured that it wasn't going to be good that they probably gave well what i heard what i heard is that they vincent gallo did it because they were paying they paid him a lot of money to do it and just for a few scenes just for a few scenes vincent will do movies if you give him a lot of money and it's not going to be that um, it's not going to be a big deal for him. Like he likes not working. He is loaded. Like, you know, so he'll only do a movie now. If basically, you're going to give him a lot of money. He's like, he says like, he's like, I like not working. <laughs> <laughs> I like just hanging out. <laughs> Has and he had money though? Cause he's got like, real like, estate. I mean, Okay, there you go. Because, like, he pr basically produced and like funded all of um, like Brown, Brown Bunny Man. and Buffalo. Yeah. And, yeah, so he, I think he. Uh, <laughs> Winston, Wolf, a lot of time has spanned since Gallo was in the movie. Hey, Gallo is a is a guy. He spans time, guys. He spans time. And when I watched that movie, I spanned time with Vincent Gallo. Um, <laughs> He spent yeah. like four years making Buffalo 66 that like he was living in his car. Like it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and he does go back. He was friends with Basquiat. He was friends with Andy Warhol. Um, man. Yeah. Crazy. He's a, he's like a, he was big in the eighties, like New York art scene. Um, yeah. If I ever interview him one day, that'd be amazing. 
He's a very he doesn't really do interviews, but he's yeah. a really nice guy. I really like I really like him. Um I we talked we talked a bit um um I think a couple months ago that uh New People Cinema Club uh who I do stuff with, you know, we put on an event with Vincent back in uh uh November. Nice. And that went super well. But uh don't touch me, don't touch <laughs> <laughs> quoting Vincent. So, anyways, anyways, going back to shut in. Is that uh, um, going back to shut in? They open it up with some guy from the Daily from the Daily Wire, uh, kind of opening the film, or you know, kind of telling uh, 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 like telling people what they can expect, uh, what they can expect, um, uh, you know, from the movie. And the guy said we are, we are making waves to like upset Hollywood and you know, all this kind of shit. And he goes, and we make movies that don't have an agenda. <laughs> and <laughs> can you, and she took this script all around Hollywood and people thought it was great, but they wanted her to rewrite it and to, and to write out the most important parts of it. So we said, Hey, we don't want, we don't want that her to give in to that Hollywood liberal agenda. So we'll make the movie. And this is a movie without an agenda. And these liberal fascists. Yeah. yeah. And and then when you watch the movie, it's like it's literal God's not dead territory shit. Yeah, Prude, are you there, Prude? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, finally. Um, you said the God Not Dead part, I mean, they did shoehorn like I'm a drug addict, but I found Christ. Like I, I felt that the single mother angle is also not very Lindy. So if you could um I don't know. The the Daily Wire's like the mixed messaging here is like not very <laughs> Hey guys. Hey everyone everyone out there in the chat, can we get a uh people to stand up and applaud the single mothers? Yeah. The single let's all mother clap. Let's all let's all clap for the single mothers out there, okay? They do the they're they're both moms and dads. Are you gonna they, they stand up too. and man up and marry a single mom? Yeah, and star I'm not, your own I'm not Daily a step Wire original. I'm not a stepdad. I'm a dad who stepped up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, seven in the chat for single mothers, guys. Oh, seven. The hardest job in the world, says Bengal. <laughs> hardest <laughs> job in the world. Where's Bengal? Yeah, here it is. <laughs> I, think, um, I love when you said Gina Carano is serviceable. I'd like to service her. But um, this, I actually think this actress is hotter than Gina Carano. Surprising. She's got the white trash beautiful. Type of uh, look, but Prude, go ahead. You've been quiet this time. So. Well, my internet's been fucking with me, which is not. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, yeah, I don't like this movie. Is the worst of all three. Um, over the head with its messaging. God's not dead. Kind of territory. Like, definitely not happy with it. Um, like, I get the big emotional payoff. It's like around because it's like an hour and thirty some odd minutes, yeah. and like we get our big emotional angry payoff about you know she's reading that bible and all the money it's oh. like you know she's she's having her own little job moment where she's like trying really hard not to curse at god but she just yells and reads uh from matthew 7 about knowing people by their fruit and just none of this felt good i wasn't particularly impressed and um vincent gallo kind of reminds me of uh mickey rourke in man of god where it's like we just paid him a ton of money to pop in for a minute here and he and, was still uh, the best part of the movie. He sure was. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. It's like 
All I'm going to other... kill you, baby! <laughs> <coughs> All the other actors... Sorry, I'm coming down with a cold. All the other actors were terrible. <laughs> Benson Gallo, in the five minutes that he's in the movie, he you're just it. reminded of how great an actor he is and how, yeah. like, how, like, it's it's been awful that he hasn't been in more projects in the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, but they, they literally take him and they reduce him to being a hand model for most of this film. <laughs> yeah. Like the, again, the violence, I can't believe it. Like, I guess they're trying to like, I don't know, break out uh, of the like normie, like normie right way, like, like normie con, like Christian cinema, which is basically a Hallmark movie, but yeah, with like, like over, flicks. yeah, pure flicks. Yeah. My mother watches some of those films. Yeah, like sometimes you'll watch... see them on Tubi. I, I remember like my, my parents, you know, they, uh, they watch some of those and I, I know that like, uh, my, my dad bought uh, 90 minutes in heaven. He's like, Oh, I heard this was really good from the people at church. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, and we watched it together. <laughs> And my dad's like, actually, this is really shit. I'm not going to listen to the people at church anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you, Prude, have you watched Any Minutes in Heaven? No, I haven't. It's the same director as Terror on the Prairie. Oh, good Lord. So I watched the one where yeah. the girl performs miracles because of Christ. Like she saves a little boy's life. I don't know. They I say it's I, I got my parents into, you know, because they were like, you know, they had all these like Christian movies and whatever. Right. And like pure flicks. And they would just kind of like stomach it, you, you know, <laughs> they're like, but there's no good Christian movies. And I'm like, well, have you guys seen movies by Terrence Malick? And so now they're they're Malick pilled. Now they're just there like, all right, we're, we're not going to watch pure flicks. We'll just watch uh, a hidden life or the tree of life or uh, um you know, uh, thin red I, line. I, I feel I feel bad for DJ Caruso who had to direct this garbage. I mean, it's not he's doesn't have. I, I, I guess he's all right with what he's had before. I mean, he's done uh, Return of Xander Cage. He's done a few episodes of Smallville and The Shield and I Am Number Four. So I mean, if you give him something that's not, we're gonna just put one woman in a room and do some weird crucifixion subtext by stabbing a guy's hand with a screwdriver. I'm sure this could have been better, but who wrote this? I love movie? how Vincent Gallo, they made him into a drug addicted cheese pizzaist. That's like, that's yeah. amazing. Like, it's. do you think, I was going to ask you, Prude, do you think like there's prosperity gospel thing going on here? Like, a little Bible? bit. Yeah. With the hundred dollar bills on certain selected passages from the Psalms. Like the first one she opens up is, you know, depending on your trend, it's, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And just in all these pages, yeah, the whole Benjamin's. The yeah, the whole just like linking Bible verses to to money is so gross to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oching, that's right. That's right. I got my copy of the Gospel according to Saint Saint Matthew actually on the on the desk right next to me. I know um, it's Kino, but was it from a Catholic perspective? Is it subversive or no? The Pasadena no. remake. I gotta watch it then. I've. Yeah, I should watch it, but. But this so, one was interesting. Like, I right, go ahead, Prude, go ahead. Oh, well, the only thing that I noticed when I was like, because who do we have here? We've got uh, the the writer is this woman named Melanie Toast, um, a writer. She did Shut In, 
I think this is like her only, this is her first time. This is her first script, apparently. Um, and Who, she looks who's like the guy a, from the Daily Wire at the beginning. Is there a guy from the Daily Wire in this? <clears throat> no, during the premiere, it was some. I don't know who the Daily Wire people are. I don't read the Daily Wire. I don't watch the Daily Wire. I only read the New York Times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like just like Tim Pool, I only read the New York Times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm like I, I'm so just not plugged into any of this like Boomer Con shit. Uh, so I didn't know who it was. I guess some people in the ch- in the chat at the premiere knew who it was, but no, I have no clue. But it was it was one of their <clears throat> top guys, I guess. We need Matt Walsh to star in a film with um that that the trans actress from Billions or Millions is it Billions? I used to watch Billions. It. Is that the show? Billions. Yeah. Oh, is that yeah. the one with uh, Paul Giamatti? Where yeah, Paul Giamatti, yeah. Like some non-binary person in a Wall Street firm. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. She could go in a Daily Wire film, and though it'll be about like um, it'll be a detransition horror story. Yeah, it'll be <laughs> like it'll be a body horror. Um, no, <laughs> it'll be like the most transphobic film of all time. Um, no, no, it would have to have like it. No, it would be like um, like a. Boomer Con, like the Dems of the Real Transphobes, like Matt Walsh, uh, he or she or it is like Matt Walsh's kid. And like his, like Matt Walsh's kid comes out as non binary. And then like he progressively like learns to accept it, even though he like doesn't agree with it. So it'll be like, I was wrong. I won't double down and be mad, you know? Well, <laughs> you know, just like, I mean, I kind of see just everything as like, I see a lot of politics as like most people in America sort of agree on certain things and they just sort of uh, have theatrics about it. And like the yeah. whole boomer con thing, just just like Michael Malice, right. Says it's like conservative, like American conservatism is just like liberalism driving the speed limit. Like that's really what it is. And have to make it's a deal so, about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, that's why I kind of realized that I just kind of took my, I am a, uh, took myself out just sort of uh on the uh on the fr- i'm just gonna remain on the fringes for the rest of my life yeah <laughs> so so was this film because i mentioned earlier you guys were talking about how this this they were saying this film was like brought all over the place and that they wanted to put an agenda in it and, and so i i just looked her up the writer uh melanie toe yeah melanie toes apparently this film got an article in deadline from 2019 and that it was supposed to work with um, New Line Cinema, and then they were supposed to have people with is like New Dan Line Sarah, Roy Line, Roy Lee, and Dallas Sonny. Like it's just interesting because then the other articles I'm seeing before this ended up at the Daily Wire was uh, Jason Bateman was supposed to direct this, and then somehow it ends up in the Daily Wire's hands. <laughs> Whoa. Well, there was okay, so. You know, there's the implosion of Cinestate, which was run by Dallas Sonnier. Mm-hmm. And now he's kind of rebranded as Bonfire Legend. And Bonfire Legend is the production company that's making a lot of these movies for The Daily Wire. Run, Hide, mm-hmm. Fight was their first one. It was actually made by Cinestate. And then Cinestate just imploded due to due to a lot of things. It really was not 
Dallas's fault. It was a matter of like hiring people who are not um, hiring people who are not loyal. You yeah. Know? Mm. Um, and he bought up Fangoria. And oh, really? Movie staff. Oh, man. yeah. And the thing is, is that Dallas Sonier, he's not like a, you know, like the thing is, like, he's not radical in any sense. He was trying to make, uh, you know, like he he had some good movies made. I really like Stand Off at Sparrow Creek and Drag. Uh, I, I've yet to see Drag Across Concrete, but I heard it was good. I love Brawl and Cell Block 99 and Bone Tomahawk. So he was doing those. But um, yeah, there was all these like gossip kind of Me Too type stuff that came out that wasn't really substantiated and i i don't want to go into it because i might like the the salacious story might be an issue for this but there was uh, an, a, a certain incident that happened that was linked to cinestate but it didn't actually happen on any of their films it actually happened on the a24 film the ghost story oh, but man. of course a24 is pretty much like you can't touch it but yeah. you can touch in a state considering that Dallas Sonier is thought to have like these kind of uh, centrist right um, opinions. And he's obviously making these movies that are maybe a little bit right wing. Uh, you know, not that the movies were necessarily that political. I, I didn't feel like Brawl and Subblock 99 was political, but, um, but it is what it is. He wasn't, he wasn't like towing the line and uh, yeah, things just kind of blew up and, he that's and things kind of blew up when he was uh shooting run hide fight so then they that's kind of you know when daily wire bought run hide fight and uh they I feel like they should use they should use like vince vince vaughn more considering like he's an army con like he's a he's a ron pauler like they should you know like i guess so block and i'm like they were brawl and cell block that they were trying to like capitalize on that but i mean you're talking yeah. about Bourgeois beatnik, you're talking about my umfi with Stillman. <laughs> <laughs> Some question. Uh, he's not right wing. Um, like he's a kind of a, like he's like a New York liberal, I guess. You know, he's like uh, 90s liberal. But I but I do love Whit Stillman. Um, and he is my umfi. He's my favorite. He's my favorite follower on Twitter. Really? Um, eh? Yeah. Yeah. We're oh, really he did cool. the last days of disco. He did Barcelona. Barcelona. Um, yeah. Metropolitan, Damsels in Distress, and Love and oh, Friendship. Yeah. Oh, Love and Fr I think I saw Love and Friendship. Yeah, a long time ago. Um, man, but yeah, which still, which Stillman movies are very close to how my life is. Um, uh, like my life is very close to Barcelona and Last Days of Disco and Metropolitan. <laughs> I I love quite a bit of New Line Cinema films that they made in the nineties. Like that's. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like those character piece type stuff. Oh yeah, um, he's definitely he's definitely like Whitstillman is definitely not a communist. Like no. definitely not. Yeah, um, he's like center, maybe center lib or something. Um, I love Whitstillman. Uh, but about the film, I guess final thoughts with uh, Shut In. I don't know. Like they should have did something better. I feel like if you wanted to like reveal the plight of like the rust belt um like you know addicted like run down like that that type of like demographic i feel like they should have done a better job than like 
you know, homicidal mania. I don't know. Like well, and most of the movie, most of the movie takes place in a, um, uh, this pantry. Like none of the movie is aesthetically pleasing. No. Um, and the editing in the movie is the editing of the movie is, is very bad. And, um, I knew that the movie was, was going to be bad actually in the first couple minutes of the film when the, like, I, I feel like I'm nitpicking, but it's like, there are certain things that happen in movies that I'm like, Oh no, this is going to be shit. Isn't it? You know, like the beginning of films and, um, and it's very small that like, I don't think anybody else even noticed, but so the girl is coming up to the house and there's a little like hole in the, uh, um, you know, hole in the, in the floor, right in front of, um, uh, right in front of the front door. And she jumps over the hole and it goes inside. And the way that scene is shot where it's, um, she goes up there and then it cuts into a close up of the little hole as she's jumping over. And then it cuts back to this master and the motion doesn't quite fit. Um, and also it just doesn't seem like a, good directorial choice to even cut in on that um you know it doesn't seem like a good choice to cut in that it like it breaks it 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 just messes with the flow of the scene for something kind of inconsequential uh and i was like oh this movie's gonna be shit isn't it it's not that that's like a terrible thing but i just knew that based on that one choice that's presented at the very beginning of the film, that the directorial choices for the rest of the film are probably going to be bad. And that is the case. It's like most, all what we see of Vincent Gallo for most of the movie is just his hand underneath there. And it's the woman who's finding money in the Bible, which I think is gross. It's like prosperity gospel type shit. (laughs) Um, I just, I just thought the whole movie was, it was gross looking um, it had, I think, gross messaging. Uh, it was totally beat you over the head with all of its messaging, too. So I don't, it felt like it thought I was an idiot and it yeah. needed to, like, you know, really kind of uh, um, hammer me over the head with it. But my question is, why does the, uh, why does the uh, cheese pizza enjoyer then get the stigmata? Yeah, I know, eh? That's like, probably. It, it still doesn't yeah. really understand. Like it's beating you over the head with it, and then the subtle things that it does. I I think it's doing it without knowing it. Like oh yeah, we're subtly. We ne- we never thought that the Gallus character is the one with the stigmata. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of that? Are you there, Prude? Yeah. No. I to me, um, it, what irked me, and because I noticed this in all three of the films, is is that there were some weird editing choices like this film is the worst out of the three i think the only big there are a couple of gripes i had in terror on the prairie the one was like uh for instance like they were in the shootout and her like that me you know in the master bedroom and like the mirror gets hit and it does this like close zoom in on like the family photo that gets knocked off the mantle and then it just cuts right afterward <coughs> this film does a lot of it too uh where you know <sighs> And like, and again, all, all we get like later focusing is, on the toilet leaking. That was yeah, but we'll focus on well, I mean, the water leaking was fine, or, or yeah. the toilet leaking. No, the the and it was so over the like you know already mentioned. Like we we saw like all, all the apples made sense when it came to um you know the 
Matthew 7, 7 passage that she was reading about knowing people by their fruits. And it was just like, Oh, oh I didn't even pick up on that. And then oh, she walks out and it's all the, the, the apples that the kids have been munching on. But they're rotten though. The apples are rotten. Yeah. Almost, That's... you know, like the whole situation she's in is just rotten. And, you know, we magically just end up better. Like, I, I guess if you wanted to do a better, I love how like killing the baby daddy that like makes everything better. That's well, you know. like, <laughs> That was great. That's a great message from the Daily Wire, like worshiping single mothers. Hey guys, I think we're at that time again. Everyone, stand up and applaud <laughs> all the single mothers. Clap right, it's the hardest seven job in the, the world. Oh, seven in the chat. Yeah. Mothers. <laughs> but like you said, like they're never gonna do. Uh, if you wanted a good depiction of the Rust Belt, I mean, I know that they've done an adaptation for Hillbilly Elegy. I mean, even yeah. Devil All the Time is a great sort of Appalachian story, which, I mean, isn't necessarily like right wing or anything. But, I mean, it does tell a, the plot of misery. And none of it I've seen in any three of these movies cover on any issues that actually would pertain to what, what the Daily Wire audience is aiming for. None of it felt great uh, there was, at all. Yeah, there's this like super low budget. I think it was called The Hunter or something. It was a Canadian indie film about um these two like addicts that like find each other in rehab and it's like that like rust belt like the canadian version of it it was like it was like one of those like very long boring indie films that people usually don't like i i like them for some reason but it was it did like have a very accurate cinematic depiction of it but i feel like this was unfortunately like too over the top in terms of like if you wanted to like do an expose on like rust belt drug addiction like it seems like in the end like she gets rid of the the baby daddy and it's like i get it but I it's not know. it's not really getting to the heart of no the the problems that play it's a girl uh, boss film that's why it's like an action yeah. girl boss film yeah it needs to be a depressing art film about our art house film about a um about people just wasting away yeah like 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 train spotting did a, a great job at showing oh, heroin addiction job. In scotland you know and there's been movies that have done it really well there's been movies that have also done it poorly like uh black metal veins you know which is oh, just God. A yeah just yeah. a meme movie um <laughs> even like requiem you could argue is too over the top like i would definitely argue that requiem is a bit too over the top also yeah. i just not a huge fan of jared leto but um, yeah, Jared Leto's got a weird vibe in all films. Like, but Jennifer I mean, Connelly's hot. So yeah, true. <laughs> I don't watch Yo, anything. Did you for see Jennifer the Connelly. one where Jennifer Connelly is a heroin addict with this like black dude, and she like no. has to like sleep in like um, she's like basically squatting in like rich people's homes. That was a great I film. Seen that one. It's like a more recent one. <clears throat> um, was that Naked Lunch? No, no, not Naked Lunch. No. It was it was something else. Yeah. No. Okay. So, to, and, and there's also a, a nude scene with Jennifer Connelly. So we have to alert <laughs> academic agent about this. Mm, yes. We've seen this film. So. So Ukina Chungus says this, and I do have to agree. I think this is a good uh good thing. Find Jesus, and all your problems are magically solved. Just isn't an honest message for a Christian film to offer. That's 100%. very true. Yep. Yeah. Like the Christian film should be like find Jesus and. You are going to suffer immensely. <laughs> <laughs> Your suffering will not stop. 
Exactly. Speaking of, uh, guys, uh, this weekend I'm releasing a podcast Gio and I did on martyrs. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of suffering, never stopping. <laughs> yeah. uh, you said it was one of the most uh, high IQ things you've ever done. So I'm proud yeah. of you. Yeah. You've done some so... pretty high IQ films. But... <laughs> yeah, um, this one, it's we go hard in on George Bataille and martyrs and Schopenhauer and talk about yeah. A lot of different things, but yeah, getting back to shut in, it just uh, um, it, let's talk about terrible tweets as well, yeah, from the yeah. Amarna sphere. So. <laughs> it just <laughs> shut in, it just wants to be that. I mean, this is the thing with da- Daily Wire, right? They're like, oh, we like the same people, right? And this is this is what gets me the same people that complain about woke movies where it's like, oh, She Hulk is woke, be, you know, they have a, a woman as, as the lead, but it's like, dude, the Daily Wire is doing the same thing. Like the Daily Wire is being woke, but they're just signaling. They just have like different sig. They're signaling it's just different, so the boomer cons will just eat it up. But the Daily Wire can be woke while, while uh, just like maybe while also saying the right things or showing the right things. Yeah, you know, like whatever. Like what I don't even know what woke is anymore. But I just find <laughs> it like I don't even know what the fuck it means anymore. But uh. But you know, it's like the same people that com- that complain about, uh, you know, like this movie is led by a woman, and it's like, look at every daily, like, look at every <laughs> Daily Wire movie. <laughs> it's like Daily like, Wire, yeah. Daily Wire yeah. loves the Huntress, uh, like the Boomercon Huntress daughter is like, I took my daughter hunting too. It's like that's well, She Hulk yeah. has a lot more to to shit on than uh, just the thing I, yeah. and trust me i watched every episode you watch she hulk yeah and i reviewed every episode of she hulk with oh uh, my god that's yeah amazing. with with monkey yeah oh ching that's right yeah woke politics is not the reason we have bad movies like it's completely it's partially not partially the, re- the reason partially the reason but then it's like, like the culture industry in general like it's yeah, yeah it, it's just like honestly the people it, I think it's just a loss of aesthetics. I think woke kind of the wokeness sort of comes from a uh, a loss of aesthetic concerns. Um, it's like putting politics or putting putting trendy uh, ideas above aesthetics. Uh, I think yeah. that's a big thing. Um, there, there are some films like that that can be like woke, but have like a some idea. What's the one with the gay Muslims? Moonlight. No, are they Muslim? I don't Flea? think they're mu- they're not Muslim in Moonlight. <coughs> well, the gay Muslim movie I remember is Flea, the animated documentary, oh, yeah, which actually was was actually was pretty yeah. good. It was it yeah. was a pretty good movie. Um, you know, it's definitely like pro immigration sort of, yeah, mo- like pro immigration EU movie or whatever, uh, pro refugee thing. But it still was well done, and you know, it was a pretty film and whatever. Like this, I thought the aesthetics of it were good. Um, yeah. Same with Moonlight. Moonlight was like decent. Um, I think like there's been a few like movies that have tried to orient homosexuality towards Islam. Uh, there's there's Breaking Fast, A Sinner in Mecca, uh, Nas and Malik. Like there's there's a few that I've seen more yeah. conservative Muslims that I know complain about what Amazon and other movie producers I guess are doing. But yeah, I mean it's just a, <laughs> it, it comes for all, and I think that when people put a specific message or try to do, I, I think it's trend chasing more than it is like putting out a vision yeah. that would be pretty. 
which I think really irks me because there are some talented directors that are still out there that now do this sort of stuff. And it's like, well, I think like Sam Raimi, it's just like, well, what's the most recent film he's done? And it's just like, oh, it's uh, Doctor Strange 2, not, you know, any of the other stuff that he's done, which kind of irks me. So yeah, and that it, movie it, sucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had I to mean, watch. I had to watch yeah. that with a few cousins, and I was like, "This is awful." Apparently, yeah. this. What's her name in this film? Rainy Rain. Like she's the daughter of uh, what's her name? Andy McDowell, McDougal. Oh, oh Rainy Rainy Quayley. Yeah, Andy McDowell. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's funny because there's a, a one of Daniel Day Lewis's kids was in um, Terror on the Prairie. Oh, wow. That's yeah. crazy. Nudge unit. Uh, why should we pivot away from blaming our enemies for the things we don't like? Lol, what am I not getting at here? <laughs> it's it's because what we're saying is that the Daily Wire falls into the exact same traps and is not like this alternative. It's not like this like base alternative like they like to say they are. And that yeah. woke is a lot more abstract and mean it's meaningless and less um and it's like sure i i don't like like the um you know what woke i don't like the the woke stuff but i also feel like it's being grifted by both sides yeah you know and we're kind of losing the plot oh you know what i forgot to ask you can before we move on i watched uh men recently that alex garland you hated it? Yeah. It was weird, though. It, like, it was... I feel like it kind of was, like, weird for the weirdness sake, but then it does have, like, a deeper, like... What would you say? Like, occultic meaning behind it. But there's then, like, like... There's, like, yeah. some occultic stuff. I thought it was just so... I was like, okay, her one female friend is going to come in and everything's going to be fine. It's, like, it's totally just, like... Alex Garland being like this, this man who just feels bad for being a man is, and it's like, uh, it's, it's a total like self-hating man sort of film. Yeah. Um, it is. Men ruin you know. the, ruin her life. And like through the metamorphosis yeah. of like different, like, uh, Ouroboros type of like rebirth that like, finally she arrives back at her fiance that she kicked, you know, she kicked out. But, yeah. And the fiance yeah. being like this weirdo, uh you know this like guy that's like i'm gonna kill myself you know it's like (laughs) oh my god it's like it's like needy men is sort of like threat like with the love bombing or what's the opposite of love bombing where like you threaten to like sunset (laughs) yeah yeah it's like you threaten to sunset Uh, yeah gaslighting sunset you know yeah and then she thinks that it's like gaslighting sunset. And then he actually does ride off into the sunset, John Wayne style, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I am a 24's top guy. What are you talking about? Um, you didn't like Anni- <laughs> Annihilation was a decent film. Annihilation. Okay. Here's, here's my thing about Annihilation, right? It takes place where I grew up, which is in North Florida. It's supposed oh, to be boy. like the Blackwater area. Supposedly, they came to my my neck of the woods to scout for it, and they found that the forest and jungle, um, uh, the forest and jungle is way too thick and it was way too hot. Look, guys, I know that it's like ninety percent humidity and like a hundred degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, you know, in my 
<laughs> where I grew up in Florida and that the forest is super thick, but I could still tell that they like, they decided to shoot it in the UK and it didn't really feel they, they supposedly trans they brought like plants from Florida or something to try to make it look like it. But when they go to the beach, just as a person who like lives there, um, I was like, Oh, this is not where they say it is. Like it's supposed to be, I think around Port St. Joe. And, and actually the, the book is, is written by a, a local, if I'm not mistaken, that wrote these like mm. sci-fi books that take place in North Florida. Yeah. And there's a series of them. Um, and yeah, and there is a pretty famous lighthouse in Port St. Joe, which I think, I don't know, it's, it's been years. So, but I could, you know, you can look at the beaches and know that it's an English beach and not, um, not a Floridian beach. Floridian beaches look very, very different. That being said, I think Annihilation was okay, but it definitely mm-hmm. felt like this is um, stalker, but for normies. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. You know. Um, what his upcoming film, Civil War? What's that? What's that about? Um, no, I, I haven't even heard of it. Uh, I, I also it's got Kristen even... Dunst in it, so yeah, I, mean, I, I don't I, like her that much, but I mean, she was good. She's in... good in melancholia, yeah, melancholia. Um, but she's got that like mousy, like, uh, what was that one where she was like a uh, bourgeois housewife and she didn't like her husband? Her husband's cheating on her. Um, um let me look through. I forget. Spider-Man. But anyways, <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So shut in. Um, wasn't that great? Uh, Rainy is decent, I guess. I mean, she's got that like millennial like duck face thing. I don't know. She she probably has a few like MySpace duck face photos from back in the day. You know so. what though? She, her face fit the accent like her voice and her face it it fit were exactly because if you if you drive through mississippi alabama georgia and you start talking to to white women like you're gonna find at least quite a few that look like that yeah she's got the trailer park beautiful type of look yeah so yeah that's probably in the rv next door yeah (laughs) the girl in the rv next door amazing um this is okay the main event I really, I really love this film for the wrong reasons. Now, trigger warning. This, trigger warning. <laughs> we, I, I don't think we should, we should say school. You know what? I think we're gonna probably say, like, like we have to use metaphors for YouTube. Maybe like uh, mass casualty uh, event is usually so. Yeah, run online. Run educational, hide. educational, educational mass mass casualty. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Uh, also, there's. I should mention it. There's this like leftoid video essayist with like the Illuminati symbol. What's her name? I something. She she did this video on it saying this is terrible. What Illuminati? What's her name? No, Illuminati. iCarly. I don't know. Not no, I don't know. She like <laughs> she's like one of these like leftoid video essayists that like has like the Illuminati eye and she like did this video on it. And like, yes, it's Illuminati or something. I don't know. And like, she said, like, this is a terrible. This is like Chud conservatard. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Illuminati. Yeah. You know, the one like she did this film about like WWE. She did this one about um, 
like I don't know, like I just I despise these like bread tubers. But anyways, not to cast shade in anybody. Yeah, uh, 1.3 million views from two years ago. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, I love how they like rake it in just to like have this like red, well, that, red that's, meat. That's red the tuber. thing is is that like, so this this film can you can take this as one of two ways. To me, this is basically um die hard at Columbine. Or you know, yeah. with a female lead protagonist, a really alien at Columbine. A female die- <laughs> alien at Columbine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but it was really incoherent because okay, my right off the bat before we review it, um, I think like if I were to make a film of this mass casualty nature, I would have like total like out there teen exploitation. I would get like. Baz Luhrmann to direct it. I would like lionize like a Dylan and Eric like buddy duo. I would have like a total like schlock. Like it would be the most like gratuitous like in cell film of all time. The if other guys at Columbine. <laughs> yeah. And it would be like the aesthetic of it would be like Baz Luhrmann. Like yeah, pumped up. It would be basically it would be a hyperborean little dark age TikTok video. Would be a film of like a Dylan Eric figure if I had to direct this type of movie. But anyways, this this is um that's just my fantasy. But um, anyways, this film Run Hide Fight, uh, Kino Corner. Uh, well, actually, you know, Prude, you go first, and then Kino Corner. Um, then I guess I'll go. So this was the first one of the three that I binged on this morning and probably took the most notes on. Uh, I'll get my, this, the the main uh, shooter looks a lot like J-Reg, which I thought was kind of funny. I don't know if that's <laughs> obviously not intentional, but I was like, why is J-Reg yeah. killing all these people? Uh, <laughs> he does, yeah. So, you know, I'm five minutes into this film and I, I'm already writing down just all sorts of WTFs, but so we have sort of this like black nerdy character, um, very effeminate, this ongoing buck breaking trend where every black male in a movie nowadays has to be these uh, petite nerdy like, guys in thick rimmed black glasses. I think Just it was like in uh, the show Velma. Yeah, I think it was. Um, <laughs> I think it was uh, Jack the Perfume Nash that said that every black guy in films now has to be Donald Glover, like nerdy black guy. So. At yeah. least in Atlanta, he's not nearly as like effeminate. Like that's the yeah probably because he has way more creative control over that. That's basically his project. But he almost comes off like a gay best friend in this uh, movie. The the black actor um, whose name escapes. But me. are they like? Are they also like together though? They're a couple. Well, there's the whole will they won't they because he does the promposal right before the, oh. the shooting because uh, wow. he decorates uh, her locker. So yeah, I mean. I was kind of happy though with the acting and the swearing. So this was not the first very, film. Not very base right wing right there. Oh no. You know. <laughs> oh my God. So, but to me it was, fu- I, I had no issues with so far the, although I don't know when they shot this movie, like, cause they get to the school, everyone's acting crazy and it looks like it's in the middle of the afternoon and not the morning. Um, but you know, it was kind of very clearly that we're having, you know, dead mom trauma is like this weird side B plot for the main character. Oh, like every superhero. Yeah, every... <laughs> yeah. We have to have a we have to have a dead parent in order to do it. 
But also, but the like, dad like is none like, of, inspiring but none of his huntress daughter. Nothing yeah. about the shooting is at all believable. Like I no. get that they do all this work to like cut the lines or to make it sound like we 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 read the city ordinances. We know what the response time is going to be. But it's like you're telling me that in this high school, no one's going to hear the screaming and uh, gunshots going off, and to try and call nine one one and do all this stuff. It's, Although it's kind of like it's kind of like these people don't know how loud guns are. No, they yeah. don't. Oh, Oching, Oching in the chat. Oching in the chat says, "Let's clap for all the dead single mothers out there." Yeah, <laughs> the hardest job in the world. Oh seven, oh seven. <laughs> Even from the grave, it's the hardest job. No, literally, she was like parenting her from the grave. Yeah, like in the film, she kept seeing. And my favorite part was that uh, they had like the girl boss battle. They had the girl boss cat fight <laughs> between like the punk, and they have to be like stereotypical, like trench coat mafia outcast like like and it's but, gotta be but like remember the they made it a point to you they made it a point that they're not mid-century germans exactly yeah they because here's the thing my opinion is that this truly is like a postmodern mass casualty school film because there's no coherent narrative besides like the media generation of a spectacle like it's it's very for 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 daily wire if for little ben and like, uh, you know, Matt Walsh, it very much is like a postmodern film of this nature. Because there's well, no I, message. I want to point out, yeah, I want to point ahead. out yeah, that, yeah, this, yeah. that this movie was made like before the Daily Wire even had an idea of oh, okay. making uh, their streaming. So they they didn't actually make this. They bought the movie. Um, it was made before. Oh, so, I see. Yeah. 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 So, so, so Ben just, I guess, liked the movie and he bought it, but like Daily Wire, as far as I know, don't have any creative control. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the thing is, too, is that it feels like a bad Cinestate movie because that's what it is. Um, (laughs) I mean, that's really what it was. So it's not political, which actually was, I kind of liked, but it kind of was like, huh. Because uh, Daily Wire bought it to be like, this is like, we're making a conservative streaming network and we're yeah. going to have this educational mass casualty movie as the first film on the streaming platform which hey you know that's uh that's definitely a choice um but it's also just not like political i, I didn't find the movie to no no to be political at all what would have made this a right-wing film again if they were to like nowadays if they were to appeal to like the cool kids like people that frequent certain forums like they would have like they would basically lionize like a Dylan Eric, like they would be fighting against like I don't know like, what? It'd be, <laughs> like their woke it'd be like, No, it'd be like the movie, um, the movie If, with Malcolm McDowell. Oh where, yeah, 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 yeah. It would be yeah. I do <laughs> want to know where a mentally ill uh, teenager gets access to an MP40. That yeah. would be nice because those are expensive and hard to get a hold of. Uh, but oh my gosh, like this just felt like a god. It's just it was bad. Like, well, it's because it's trying to be like an action movie, and the thing that the thing about it that irked me or it, I don't want like I don't get offended by by movies or anything like that. But when I'm watching a movie, I just think like, huh, that's like in kind of bad taste. But whatever. Uh, is that it takes the whole educational mass casualty events that obviously are a 
giant public fear yeah. right now. And it turns it into a schlocky action movie. It it doesn't treat yeah. the subject matter with any kind of real levity. Yeah, but it's it not trivializes enough, this thing. But it's not avant-garde enough to be an exploitation film like my fantasy mass casualty film would be. Yeah. Like, you know, it yeah. wouldn't it, it wouldn't be like um a, a postmodern mockery of that like ultra violence. It's, it's not cinema. gonna be like duck the uh, Carbine High School Massacre. Yeah, or even um, like uh, Natural Born Killers. It wouldn't be like yeah. that type of media spectacle. Like, I think the point of the film was that we're doing this because we, we live in like the smartphone, like Black Mirror media generation. So I want to be famous by doing this mass casualty event. But it doesn't even like fulfill that purpose because it's like, oh, I'm going to take the, the girl boss is going to like take the fame away from the dude. And but even it, the things yeah. that and even the things that would have made it remotely political, they're all throwaway lines. So it's not like anyone was trying to really get a message other than, hold on. No, yeah, no, there, there really isn't, as far as I took away, there really isn't much of a message from this film other than like, here's an action movie with a girl boss. And she's like, basically, and how they pitched it, I remember how they pitched it before, was that it's Die Hard in the School. And that's yeah. how they're... They're, and it's like okay i can definitely see that they're trying to do like they're they're taking a sort of national um fear and they're making die hard out of it which but but without the same tension without the same like tightness of directing and mclean is also just a much more interesting character than the yeah. main girl in here i mean like yeah. die, die hard is a classic obviously and so it's like you're going to compare yourself to this like big time like action classic and you're going to come up short. I mean, you're bound to come up short, but especially this movie comes up very short. Incredibly short. Yeah. The, the writing, especially, I mean, yeah. it, no one would have heard gunshots. No one would have heard the car ram into it. And they act all surprised that, you know, we're what 40 minutes into the film and there's been multiple casualties and the school secretary is just now getting a phone call from the shooter. Just nothing about this felt like believable. And I mean, anyone who's been to a public high school in the United States since Columbine is going to know what the active shooter drills are going to look like shelter in place and all that. You do Although this, that? Is that yeah, real? it is real. I mean, when I was in high school, they had oh a God. live, they had a quote unquote live, uh, you know, simulation event of it where, you know, they had people run around and fire blanks and things to sort of simulate it. And my, you know, junior year of high school and my AP English teacher more or less just decided to let some kid go out to the bathroom. And then like, they, she basically got us all killed. <laughs> like the, people, <laughs> the people had come in and basically said, you're all dead. And it's like, great, cool. That's good to know. It's um, pretty based actually. Like you have like a live action thing. Yeah. And we so have, it was like, just, yeah, so we didn't have like, wow. My teacher would have gotten me killed. Uh, Wait, Prude, how old are you? Uh, I'm 27. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm only a year older than you. Then um, I didn't have that in my school. Well, Can't an old maybe it's because like my old. high school was oh. close to a military base. Maybe that's but why. my but my high school is in the ghetto, so we actually had active shooting. Oh, stuff. really? That'll do it. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. I went to an IB school, um, but we shared the same space as a like the school that was like in the middle of the ghetto in pensacola pensacola high school um 
and there would be you know it was in the bad part of town there'd be uh drug you know drug deals gone bad uh robberies shootings and stuff and so there'd be shootings like around the campus and so we would you know uh, about once a month we had like lockdowns like all the but it's like the doors in the in the school were like steel with deadlock deadbolts you know and all the uh, um, uh windows were like bulletproof windows so man uh yeah so we uh yeah we uh um we had a like we had real lockdowns <laughs> we didn't do anything we had, i had a bomb scare once in high school we had to spend all day in the church like adjacent to the parking lot of our school but like and there's still like news clips of it you can find on youtube um but other than that no we never had any of that like drill we had like drunk driving stuff where they have like they simulate it like outside of the front of the school on the road oh yeah do they have but, like never that drunk driving in, in canada oh we have like worse laws in america oh that's an organization group and i mean they would help sponsor oh wait what did, what did you what did Moms you say, against Pete? drunk driving, mad. Yeah, yeah, we have that. We have mad. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they'd we always have, have display stuff like that. Yeah, oh, okay, but like so, it was done by the government of Ontario well, that was to, like to come get, in and to yeah. get back to the movie. Okina Chungus says, "Did the dialogue actually sound like Zoomers or like Boomers wrote Zoomers? It sounds like Boomers wrote Zoomers." Yeah, it yeah. sounds like Boomers. Did they say like "bus and bus and for real"? Or are they no. like no, no, no like because this was this yeah. was made in this was shot in like 2018. Oh, okay. So it's not. Yeah. yeah. I was actually happy with like how the characters spoke and talked. I mean, obviously this is theatrical and it doesn't reflect the fact that a lot of kids in public school these days can't read or write, but I, I was okay with the fact that, yeah, teenagers Do kids swear. moon each other still? There's that one scene of mooning. Does anyone? Yeah, I don't know. Does anyone moon I've, each other while they drive? I've never seen people moon each other. I've only I saw it like movies. once in high school, but not like. We used to pants each other in elementary school, but that, but not like. Yeah, in elementary school. Yeah, I remember pantsing in elementary school, but I don't remember mooning or anything like even in high I school. I got pants once and I turned around and punched the kid in the face and I had to go to the principal's office. Fish Friends, she says, <laughs> do they actually say trigger warning in the movie? Yeah, actually, yeah. the second that they, like, it's like the minute that they, so they take this van, they drive it through the wall um into the cafeteria they come out with their guns and the guy says trigger warning and then shoots a guy <laughs> see i would have put that in my like gratuitous <laughs> right-wing exploitation film where like like i'm gonna own the libs now or like what was that one like really bad movie that used to be in all the cringe comps where it was like uh garbage day like <laughs> he shoots the guy um you know like I would, it would be like something like that. Like it, that wasn't a, a hilarious clip though. Or like one where like they, the, the, <laughs> nothing the... personnel kid. <laughs> nothing personnel. <laughs> what was the one line where someone he says shoots... silent night, deadly night too. Yeah, that Is one. It... Thank you. Ortario. Thank you. That one. Um, what was the line he says where the nurse, not the nurse, the, the cafeteria lady was on the phone. You should be he... ashamed of yourself. Yeah, and then like her husband's on the line. He's like, "I got rid of that bitch for you," or something like that. It was some stupid. I got rid like, of that thing for you. He doesn't. Got, he doesn't humanize any of the people he uh, he offs yeah. in the show. They're all things or its. Yeah. Which, sure. I think you got to dehumanize pretty far in if you want to be willing to kill somebody. But 
uh, but then like just, the way it felt he got, so it yeah. felt so uh out of touch you know just did it imply that the the head guy was in a like bisexual relationship with the schizo dude and his sister is that implied there no i said more i didn't get that vibe no no for me just like he means like friendship because like he definitely was banging like the, the goth chick right i mean it, so, it seemed like that yeah yeah but then like the fat like the pudgy kid like with the oh glasses. speaking of pantsing that was his motivation to join in is like yeah he took out some people that pants him in middle school and but like then, they got his underwear too or something that's like pretty that. cruel when you get the underwear too that's pretty bad that's pretty bad but um, it's like it's your senior year of high school and you're holding on to that sort of grudge yeah. i don't know like yeah. there was not a lot of motivations here and like they're, they're trying to do this parallel between like the loser that mans up and becomes like the loser that step yeah. the man that steps up <laughs> the man uh, that steps up <laughs> But they try to do this weird parallel where, like, the female character who's obviously got the mom problem because mom died of cancer and she's still, yeah. like, quote unquote, at war, as her dad likes to say from the beginning of the film. Whereas we have our shooter character who, you know, clearly there's a mom problem or a mom issue there where he's like from like he's white trash and the mom's not. Well, he there. murks his own mom. He yeah, and like he murks his own mother. His own mom, yeah. And so none of this is like they're trying to do the parallel, but it's so ham fisted because we spent most of it doing sort of gratuitous. Uh, I didn't even notice that scenes. parallel. Yeah, I didn't even notice that one. Um, yeah, go ahead, Fruit. So, yeah, I mean, it's just there wasn't a lot of any like i didn't get the motivation for it other than like oh he comes from a bad home and i guess maybe an abusive mom that he had to like uh murk off before doing this and yeah no but that's planning, the whole point there was no motivation like there like, that's so, the whole point point. and he's yeah. ranting about you know we're, we're we're here to rail and talk about entropy and truth and illustrate how much uh our response to to shootings are awful and had a throwaway line about thoughts and prayers while live streaming it and a rant about, you know, big tech and censorship, but nothing that made me feel like this is an overtly political film. Yeah. It just seemed like we have, but our... then why would they choose that particular gun to use though? If they're not going to be like Austrian painter fans, but like remember if they're not, sense. they're not, they're not Austrian painter. Hey, fans. they, they might be mass killers, but at least they're not that right. <laughs> <laughs> They should have had like a Tech Nine to like give an ode to Dylan. To Dylan, I no, we, 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 the best we can do is an MP40 from World War II. I, I feel like I, I just feel like the you know whatever the political themes. Uh, the reason the movie didn't come across as political to me is that the political whatever political themes are are so just like seem uh, superficial and and mixed and like confused that just nothing comes of it. Like it seems like there's no real no real intention yeah. just to except just to throw some stuff out there and then it like contradicts itself thematically and it's just like it kind of all comes out to, to zero you know when it with that yeah yeah because i mean on one hand it'll go from like this weird pro law enforcement thing where like the i think it's like the black uh deputy woman is just like well what do you mean about like user privacy rights he's shooting up a place or whatever and it has this, it's like a weird throwaway line about like, it's like a libertarianism. Yeah, you know, like you know, red tape is getting these kids. To, you know? Yeah, ba basically that. Um, yeah, and there was just 
I mean, I was happy for like the dad had a cool moment where he just decides to pop some guy off to save his daughter's life in the chemistry. Yeah, room. but he's a schizo, like the the guy. He's like, you hear the voices too? Like that was put, so you stupid. Gotta, you gotta put Lenny down. It's okay. Yeah, you gotta put Lenny. Um, yeah, 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 you gotta put Lenny. He's gonna get executed anyway. I mean, you're. It's it was a mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Fishy uh, Frenzy, what would be the main cast of your dream mass education event movie? Well, no, it would have to be like Vincent Gallo would definitely be in it. Um, the love interest would probably be Dasha Necrostone. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, I'm trying to think like who would be like good, crazy Dasha like, and Anna as the Fem Cell uh trench yeah. coat mafia. Finally, yeah, they would be like the groupies. And uh, we would have to cast like two buddies that would make a convincing psycho. Peter Vac and uh, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think maybe you would have to have someone who'd be like, not like he'd be like an insult. Negative like, XB. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Isn't um, this just the untitled um, delicious tacos project? No, no. no this, this would be like my um, fantasy. Oh, no, his, he has a, he has a, no, I, yeah. I, I know. I know the story. Yeah. I know. I, I know what story they're they're doing for the uh, delicious tacos thing, but I can't say. <laughs> oh, but negative XP is doing the music. Negative yeah, XP is no, doing Charles the music. Be... Peter Back is in it. Um, nice. Andy Ruse is producing it, and uh, I'm supposed to be interviewing Andy Ruse today or tomorrow for my channel about it. Um, mm. So, the director of it is a friend of mine, Asher. He's a good friend of New People's Cinema Club. So um but yeah no but but uh yeah it's a uh, the, the the story is interesting literally cast monkey jones <laughs> yeah monkey jones could be in it and um, eggy yeah. eggy monkey and monkey and eggy. jones are the, yeah 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 this is the perfect film it'll be directed by baz Lerman. they take acid during their mass fun event and uh they would be like totally like out there monkey J and and dasha and anna would be the themsel groupies and the main villain would have to be like some kind of like hideous like woke like woke blob. It would be like you I could just know. recast the fat friend musician from the beginning of this movie. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the but the enemies would have to be like it would be like a totally trippy like um like Jodorowsky esque you know like Holy Mountain message to it behind the scenes. Fishy Frenzy says the Nigel Carl's bad history teacher cameo. <laughs> yeah, Stavros would be like the gym teacher that they merc. Um, yeah, um, who else? Like there would be like a bunch of cameos. Like you'd have. Um, I'm trying to think of a face lord in our scene that would be like a good cameo. Um, maybe I'm trying to think. It would be Kino Corny. You'd be in it too, obviously. Um, yeah, as, Lena Dunham the, would be the main villain. Lena Dunham. Would I'd, be the I'd, I'd be the Chad that they want to kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carl Benjamin's their English teacher. Yeah, that'd be they crazy. they would they want to kill me because I'm a linklet. They say, hey, hey, you, it's easy. You... <laughs> it's easy being six two. Yeah, I'm tall. You're six two. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah like, Sargon would easy. be the English teacher. And see, monkeys, monkeys like five seven, so he would have that like Napoleon sort of. Uh, <laughs> oh, logo de Dallas. Would <laughs> <laughs> be the teacher that gets blasted. Yeah. And Sam Hyde would have to be in as the principal. Yeah, Sam Hyde would be. Yeah, kind of like early and often. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
That was the tries best. to go into negotiate. <laughs> he tries to negotiate. What's going on, big guy? Um, that was, yeah. That was... <laughs> yeah, they come in and he's like, "What's they come in with their guns? What's going on, big guy? You just, <laughs> you just, uh, you just murked my school, man." <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, the best part, the best part of that skit was that, um, like, <laughs> like, uh, like Nick is like the school bully, but he's like a hockey enforcer. Like yeah. He's a dude, he's kind of like Bob Probert. <laughs> like, he's like, out of the waistband. <laughs> Thomas 777 as the janitor. Yeah, the cool <laughs> janitor, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then like, we, yeah, then we'd get like, um. Yeah, Nick, was... yeah, Nick Rochefort saves the day by bullying Monkey and Eggie <laughs> with the hockey stick. <laughs> yeah, he's like an he's kind of like to Darcy Tucker back in the day. Like he just reams him on the boards. Like it would be something like that. Um, it would have to have like some kind of like gratuitousness to it. Uh, Steve Saylor has a social <laughs> studies teacher. The uh, the radicalizing. <laughs> The radicalizing YouTube pundit should be Ben Shapiro. Yeah. <laughs> the monkey and Eggy got radicalized by yeah, Ben Shapiro. Yeah, they got radicalized by Ben Shapiro. And then eventually they watch, like, I don't know, they'll watch, like, um, they'll start listening to Countercurrents or something, <laughs> Countercurrents Radio. <laughs> Academic agent is the poli side teacher. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, man, that's brutal. Um. Hopefully Prude comes back, but so uh, <laughs> what a film though. Can you imagine? We could get like, um, we could, <laughs> that's too much. That's too much. A uh, pap is the gym teacher. Um, <laughs> we could get like, uh, we get Alex uh, Lee Moyer to direct this. And, um, but anyways, uh, run, hide, fight. At the very end, they do the whole like identity thing where he tries to escape, and then like, like, <laughs> like that was kind of like that was an interesting plot twist because you figure like, um, uh, oh, okay, so Prude says that he just got hit with a huge storm, oh, okay. and so his power is out. So, uh, we'll have to do. We'll have we'll to do the super chats too. We'll finish it up. Yeah, we'll finish it up. Uh, Chris Chan's the teacher. Um, so yeah, what did you think of like the plot twist where he, uh, like, he pretends to like self redact and then like he takes a kid that looks similar than him. Um, yeah. To be honest, I watched this when it first came out. I haven't rewatched it, so I was kind of hoping that like uh, Prude would sort of lead us through. Like, I remember it. I remember you know scenes from it but um I'm well at not... the end like he fakes his own death and he yeah. like goes he tries to like escape with like a fake passport and the and like then she like guns him down and yeah it's and, like, it, and it's like and it's like uh um isn't it just it's paralleling that to her hunting a deer because at the beginning she's like hunting a deer oh yeah that... that's yeah. it yeah and so it's like paralleling that and so now, see, the the hunted has become the hunter or the huntress. <laughs> it's literally, yeah, it is the huntress, the uh, the sort of the archetype there that she does become. Oh my god! You know, That's, yeah, that is. But I, I figure, like, what is the like? 
out of out of watching like the whole like all the films um yeah like what do you feel like why is it this like like why did the daily wire have to choose like this like we're going to do our own huntress girl boss um people are giving f's let me see if the stream is still no they're giving f's to prude, prude? Is, yeah yeah that's what I think. yeah yeah so prude messaged me he is he had a storm and uh his power is out so yeah um anyway <coughs> it just Sorry. it seems like the daily wire like they just to me they they have like a big opportunity that they're squandering like i don't know what other films are doing now um it's just like i don't know it's weird yeah um i don't know sorry i i'm coming down with a cold and it's only like today it's just been getting significantly worse and worse <laughs> as the day has been like going on and now my brain is on total like cold brain. Oh shit. Um, Stream is a disaster. Um, let's see. So you want to go to, so I guess like final thoughts in the film. Yeah. I think, Hey, give me one second. I'm going to take a, uh, as Charles Carroll says, I'm going to take a horse break. Yeah, no problem. No problem. So uh, I, my final thought is that I do think it's truly like a postmodern film. It doesn't have like the purposeful, like lack of a message um, to me was quite interesting. And the fact that like, uh, like, like, I think that it certainly is like a mixed message. It certainly is like, uh, yeah, exactly. They attack, they attack my throat. Um, I feel like this film, I, I don't know what could have redeemed it because the, the whole premise is like inherently ridiculous. And the fact that like her whole leg, um, like her leg is like basically murked like the whole time is, <laughs> I don't know. It's sort of weird. Uh, I feel like the Daily Wire, I don't know, like someone said in the chat that the uh, they're trying to adopt Storm Steel. That would be a disaster. I I, I don't think like, hmm, I, I don't feel like the Daily Wire is competent enough to get like, to like do an Ernst Younger piece. But anyways, um, uh, I just, I don't know. This movie is interesting. It's interesting because of the fact that it's a postmodern mass casualty film in the sense that there is no message there is like no coherent ideology. Uh, and I just, I don't know, apart from that, it is like largely schlock. There was this other film that I think it was a made for TV movie that they did where it was like Dylan and Eric. And there's this like one scene from a security camera where they're like on these tables and it's like very like gratuitous. And um, yeah, uh, I forget. I have to like look it up. But if someone in the chat could educate me, there was this one film where you could find the whole dialogue on YouTube where they're doing like, um, they're they're doing All right. like a whole. Yeah, are you back, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna start drinking lots of alcohol early in the. No, I'm I'm drinking Spindrift. Oh, nice. Sparkling water, um, with the grapefruit. I'm currently on that Lent grind set right now. You know. Nice, nice. I'm drinking uh, like this key nutrients thing that doesn't break your fast. Um, but I was saying like there was this other like mass casualty school film that was trying to be like Columbine that had like more of a dialogue in it. Um, mm. Do you remember that one? Was it Elephant? I think it was Elephant. Yeah. 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 Where they're like dancing on the table or whatever. They're like, no, it wasn't the zero. The zero hour one was pretty good. The, the documentary of it. But um, yeah. Yeah. I think it was Elephant. Uh, where it was like, like I, th I think like you can't really do that type of film 
without it being like over the top. Like there's no subtle way to do it, especially like in current day America. But I just don't think that like, I also think that um, doing that kind of filming in current year plus eight, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> current year plus eight, just, yeah, you're not going to get money to do that. Um, no, it's because yeah, it's just, that's just never going to happen. And in America right now, like it's too, there is something about making movies about the fears of the nation, but I feel like with this, like satanic panic was something that was easily exploited for horror. Um, But the thing about these sorts of things is that I think the, the terror that it sort of hits at is too close to home for a lot of people to wear. And it's also very, very easy to show it in bad taste. Yeah. And it's, oh, and it's zero one thing day. That, That's the one I was talking about. Zero. It's, day. it's, it's one thing to present like satanic panic shit and bad taste. Yeah. It's another thing for this, you, you know, like there are two different levels, like satanic panic stuff and bad taste is schlocky and fun. Yeah. But this and bad taste is, is not good. Todd Salons would pull it off. Yeah, Todd Salons would literally be the one director now who I think might be able to pull it off. Really? Hey, what did he do? Happiness. Oh, um, okay. Life during yeah. wartime. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of Elephant? Was Elephant good? I saw it in college many years ago. I have to. I'll have to rewatch it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was all right. It was pretty decent from what I. I, I remember, remember. I remember it like I remember liking the look and feel and vibe of it, but. Um, oh, also the dirties, I guess was another, yeah. Another Zero day was the one that I, uh, thought of. I don't know if I could display your avatar YouTube channel on a screen. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, let's go to super chats. Uh, so what would you give like out of 10, um, this film? Kino oh, uh, run, hide, fight. Yeah. Run, hide, fight. I think I gave it a four out of 10. Yeah, three and a half, four. It, it was yeah. like not, it wasn't that bad, but I think like you have to be honest about the fact that you're watching like B movie, like filler type of films. Like, I feel like if Daily Wire could produce something truly like emotional and stunning, then maybe it could be good. But ben, like yeah. little Ben, like they have to stop with the boomer catnip. They have to like actually have films that are like, if you wanted to make anti-woke cinema, you would just like browse Twitter and like be like, okay, can you make a movie about like whatever like issues, like the like the top five issues that like Twitter anons have would be like a decent, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's it's sort of like like what would your idea of like an anti-woke film be, Kino Corner? Oh, I, I gave it a one out of five on letter I gave it a one out of five on letterbox. Yeah, one out of five also like works for me uh mm. with this movie. I think I'm only giving it maybe I'm only bumping it up to like a four or a two out of five. Yeah. Uh, I think a one out of five is actually, it's one out of five is honestly what it deserves, but I think I'm bumping it up just because of how bad shut in was. And it's like, I'd rather like, yeah. Shut in just kind of, I I realized just how bad they could get. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) Oh, actually in comparison, it's, it's um, whatever. It's it's not as bad, but yeah, I would say, 
comparing it to cinema as a whole, it's one out of five. Yeah. It's, I mean, I thought yeah. the movie was just outright terrible. Um, but somehow shut in just reached a new low. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had some uh, Twitter mutuals that said that the whale was terrible. They said like, it was like, like Ameriquan, like, I don't know. Like well, the whale, the whale is about how he becomes fat because the evil Christians made his gay lover feel bad. And so his gay lover yeah. sunsetted. Yeah. Um, and that's why he's fat. Um, but we talked about it when you were on uh, Content Minded. Like, it was a decent film. Um, it was too talky, but it was just like, yeah, I could see how that interpretation is there. It's, <laughs> oh, man. But anyways, uh, let's move on to Super Chats, because you're nice. kind of like, yeah. So the first one for $10, son of Haster, we watched What is a Woman? <laughs> With my priest a few months back, the young people had to explain what the, um, who was named, but just uh, uh, ugly. It was like telling my grandmother the person on the phone is a robot. Huh? What is? Have you seen What Is a Woman? I watched like ten minutes of it. Yeah, me too. And then I was like, for one, I thought it was kind of boring. I feel like it's yeah. something that works. Like, I understand the whole concept of it. It was actually, I think, produced better than a lot of their fictional films. Um, yeah, I think the production behind it was was actually pretty good. Uh, I'm not a huge Matt Walsh fan. Me neither. Um, you know, I didn't really know. Who, like, And it's him sitting and talking to random random people. I don't know. I just didn't Does he talk it... to trans people in the film? I think so. Oh, um, that's interesting. I, I just don't, but as I said, I, I made it 10 minutes in. I honestly just got kind of bored and yeah, I, I was like, okay, I, I kind of get the shtick of the movie and you can already know, like in the first 10 minutes, you already know like how the whole film is going to essentially play out. Um, yeah. And I get the thing, like it's, you know, that he doesn't really talk except to sort of get the people to talk more. Um, but it's like a Socrates to troll. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, like, as I get older and I have less time to to watch movies, I just kind of have to say like, uh, "All right, let me put on something mm. that I actually want to watch." I guess yeah. I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's too um, like in your face. Like I just I just don't like like I mean his tweets are all right. Like when he does like the the recent one that blew up, but like those type of films, like the whole like Steven Crowder, like I'm gonna like own the libs by talking to them, like that's or be like it's kind of stupid. I don't. Yeah, that's not it's definitely it's definitely like an own the libs type of movie. Yeah, I, I, I like I'm not into I'm not into that. I'm not into own the cons type of movie either. Like yeah, it's just like know, the I, hunt I feel... was like a trying to be like own the cons, but it was like. No, I actually, I, I actually think that the hunt was like very even-handed in a yeah. lot of its uh, political satire. The hunt to me felt kind of like an episode of South Park, where it's just taking shots at everyone. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually liked the hunt. I thought it was a fun movie. It was. And, fun. And the, the funny thing is, is that it was the cons who got really upset at it and caused it to get delayed. Um, Which is kind of like, stupid, though. Like that's yeah. You know, it's like it's like the the. I won like the the cuties controversy. 
that was different though. That actually was like very ugh. I remember I remember that came like one of the only streams I ever regretted doing was with that Mr. Girl guy. Oh like, god. That was on BTR. Yeah. yeah, that was ugh. I wish I'd never did that one because I fed posted on that one. Because the guy was just like a, was baiting me. So anyways, that wasn't yeah. my booking decision though. That wasn't my booking decision. Yeah, I can um, imagine. So John Smith says that documentary uh, talking about what is woman is yeah. basically Bill Maher's re- religious, but for normie con types. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that, yeah, that's, yeah. 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 Religious, religious. I remember watching that. Yeah. What if you're wrong? That was like the tagline. What if you're wrong? Uh, that, yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Like those type of movies, I feel like should be buried in the 2010s. But you know. yeah, exactly. Buried with, you know, uh, a, a Lewis, uh, a, a Wellis, a. Lewis. Lewis. A. Lewis, yeah. I'm enlightened by my own intelligence. <laughs> I'm not a professional quote maker. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> in this moment, I'm euphoric. Not because, uh, not because of any phone, phony God's blessing, but because I'm enlightened my, by my, my own, own intelligence. intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> I such an iconic tweet. Apparently, the guy's got a wife and kids now. They discovered who he was. Oh, so, really? Good on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so funny that one Reddit post um, destroyed, destroyed online atheists. <laughs> <laughs> destroyed. And like all they remember they were like so big they had conferences with yeah. like going like sleeping with each other and like they'd have yeah they had like a concert thing in new york like like atheist fest or whatever and like that all just got buried by like that one guy the one quote so <laughs> that was great man i hated those guys like my first exposure to youtube was back in like 20 2007 i believe tj kirk like left a nasty comment to my comment i'm like wow i hate these people forever so that's like jeep deal lore deep deep geo lore um (laughs) (laughs) all right so moving on i'm at hugo glenn's 52 for i believe that's mexican peso which is like 15 dollars canadian so thank you so much for the 10 15 dollars canadian um i see you all and i say that's totally me thank you hugo Oh my god, that's moving on. Someone says low hanging fruit posturing is venti speciality. Hey, don't talk about my pay pig like that. <laughs> Venti's your pay pig? Yeah, she is. She's one of nice. my patrons. Nice. Don't talk about don't diss my pay pigs. <laughs> <laughs> she needs to be one of my pay pigs. Um <laughs> oh man. Well, she lives in Austin now, doesn't she? No, she's in uh Dallas. Oh, is that close to Austin? Uh, it's like three and a half hour drive. She comes um, to Austin all the time, though. Yeah, you've you've probably met her in real life, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I know her in real life. Oh, nice. The Dallas Stars are doing really well this year. Um, so ten dollars by Okarina Chungus. I love that name, <laughs> Okina Chungus. I love that. Unfortunately, watching Daily Wire backstage once, viewer asked why all Daily Wire films have female leads, and Jeremy Boring. Claims he just never found scripts with male leads. Guy's low-key worse. Most Nermicon. Neocon Daily Wire guy. Is he a Neocon? Boring? I think so. Uh, I, I just assume that like anybody in the higher-ups of Daily Wire is a Neocon. Yeah. BJ Brittany. Who's the real, <laughs> real dong sucker, BJ Brittany? <laughs> <laughs> you tell people I suck dong? 
You got a boyfriend. I bet you suck more dongs than I do. (laughs) (laughs) I only did it for experimenting. (laughs) I only did it. (laughs) Did you see DG Cumbie's video calling out Brittany Venti? Oh, I think I did. Yeah, (laughs) he's like, yeah. Because I only, I only suck dong one time, but because it only counted once, and I did it a lot of other times, but for money, so it doesn't count. Your boys gotta eat. That's like OG old hat, like troll on YouTube. Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. PG Cumbie just like, like, just enacted a dormant memory as soon as you mentioned him the other day. I'm like, bro, it's like o- only old hats know. <laughs> so, oh, you man. boys gotta eat that ramen, you hear? Uh, it's, so, <laughs> it's, it's so funny because, you know, I have PG uh, Cumbie uh, um, open up my video on her. Yeah. That's and, right. And Isaac Simpson was like, uh, who's who's the wigger at the beginning of the video? <laughs> and I was like, oh, dude, Isaac, you don't know? And he's like, no, I have no idea who that is. I'm like, well, I said, he, it's like a character. It's like a Andy Kaufman type. Um, yeah. Uh, that's when I realized the generational gap between Isaac and me. Um, yeah. Being, <laughs> but, yeah, as a Gen Xer and like a movie. Yeah, as a Gen Xer yeah. and me is the, uh, like uh young millennial, young millennial. Like, yeah and uh <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny it's uh um yeah yeah what did and you talk it, about on her i gotta like this is it out already yeah so my video on her i i didn't i don't talk about anything i no? uh, had a an ai write the script and an ai voice it so i cloned my voice on a with ai incredible and then i had um an ai write the script to it um and then i open and close it with cumby dating replica um whoa and so it's it's a shit post video um yeah it's a complete shit post of a video but the idea of it is like less about the contents of the video and more about like where ai is now versus what the predictions of it were in her and it's not like i'm talking about it but just like i'm showing showing it and you know seeing if people fall for it it was so it was kind of more of an experiment i kind of i mean i see that video more as being like i don't really consider any of my youtube videos to be art but i I would say that that one is kind of like an art piece in a sense definitely performance yeah yeah um and that it's it's presenting a false version of me it's presenting an ai generated version of me to um to sort of comment on uh the predictions that the movie made and sort of make people think about how we're now sort of entering this world where uh, every things that we interact with might not be actually real yeah you know and do you how- think the predictions hold up though or no I mean, by the time we get around to her, I think that it's going to be fairly close. I mean, I think that we've made quite a lot of, uh, you know, yeah, uh, we've made we've made uh, a lot of progress. But at the same time, like I say AI, it's machine learning, so it's not like it's not yeah. artificial intelligence. It's machine learning, like so, like what the Bing uh, AI did, Bing machine learning language model did was um essentially scrape it had all my videos indexed so it just sort of 
scraped all my videos and then tried to make something, try to write a video script akin to my videos. But what's interesting is that it like, it's a very midwit sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, it's very midwit tier. It knows what questions to ask, but it can't really, it doesn't really have any, anything novel to say about any, like about the film at all. Yeah. 100%. And um, so what people were saying is that like, it was interesting to see the responses uh, uh, where uh, people were saying that like, um, the, uh, that it kind of, it looked like a Kino corner video. It sounded like a Kino corner video, but it didn't feel like a Kino corner video. Mm, you know, it's sort of like that, that there was an uncanniness to it. And some people are saying that they knew from the script that it was AI. And some people saying that they didn't pick up on the script, but that they picked up that the voice was AI. You know, and people were put off by different things. Some people completely fell for it. Yeah. And the fact that people are falling for it is, I think it's scary. But when it comes to like writing the essays and things, I don't think I am, I don't think like you or me um, are in any kind of danger because it's really limited and it doesn't have that human spark. Yeah, that exactly. Can it's it's like it can write a BuzzFeed top 10, right, uh, thing, or it can write like a basic high school book report, which the Her video, to me, uh, it uh, felt like a high school book report on Her. It didn't feel like anything that had a lot of thoughtfulness put into it. Um, so that's kind of, yeah. And, and, and so it's like, okay, now to stand out from the AI, you're going to have to always be above a certain bar. I think there are YouTubers that they write their videos. The AI might as well be writing their videos. Oh yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. You know, I think those are the people who are honestly in, you know, who are honestly in trouble are the people that do really low effort style videos, you know, um, like watch mojo and things you could easily just replace every watch mojo thing from with an AI with AI. Yeah. Hey, what? don't say gamer from Mars. I, I wrote for gamer from Mars. I wrote some good, uh, <laughs> I wrote some good videos for him. Okay. Look up his video on Anthony Weiner. Um, and then look up his video on uh London after midnight. I wrote, I wrote those. Nice. Um, uh, and you, you can tell that it's my writing. I think is he still um, around? from ours yeah most of what he does is youtube he's like an agent um youtube sponsorship uh so he represents tons and tons of youtubers and he connects them with sponsors um mm, nice uh but yeah ukina chungus yeah you're right a ai hasn't hit true intelligence as an originality just replicating and rehashing yeah i mean it, it that's why like the proper thing to call them is like language models machine learning yeah um because that that is the thing is that it's still a machine right it's still it's it can't do more than what humans input into it and now you can have it like scrape the entire internet for stuff but it's but still you're still also your personality and your searches and your everything you're still like that input mechanism so it will eventually graft onto what you're doing as well so, yeah yeah 
Yeah, and the thing is, it's like you can put in tons and tons of stuff, but I I like to believe that humans are more than just our input output. You know, yeah, that there's, yeah, yeah, there is that kind of spark of life uh, within us that gives us a, a unique perspective on things um, and allows us to sort of transcend just what we take in. Right? It's not like I take in the martyrs and then all I put out on my video is just like. And then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. I mean, I do there that. There are little... some YouTubers that, like, yeah. video YouTubers that do that. Like, yeah. Film, oh, that's film true. Makers, yeah. 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 Like, uh, not to call anybody out, but, you know, there's another Sallow video that has more views than mine. And, oh, yeah, that's the right. Brutality Sallow, and it literally is a, and then this happened, and then this happened kind of video with this film is disturbing because with it's basically disturbing. no real um no real like analysis of it it's just like oh yeah this is a fetish film it's like oh my god like you totally misunderstand it like i, I was i was going off on this in discord vc last night where i was like <laughs> people people misunderstand Pasolini and think that like he like he, they 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 equate him to Desaad because he adapted Desaad and they think that he essentially agrees with Desaad when it's like no. you actually it's like no he actually doesn't agree with like Sallow is kind of an anti Desaad um, film. Like yeah. it's it like this. And you know that just how he changes the characters of the Libertines where in the book, 120 days of Sodom, the Libertines are like these Chad alpha males, you know, and, and in they're, the film, like, they're like, like these gremlins, they're managerial class kind of like yeah. Yeah. a weak willed. Um, yeah. Bug gremlins. Man. Yeah, yeah, they're bugmen. <laughs> Except for the bearded guy. He's the Sargon good. of Akkad. <laughs> yeah, the Sargon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Us fascists of the real anarchists. Um Yeah. But uh no, but I feel like even like AI, um, like with her, it seemed like in my opinion, I feel like media is media is way more efficacious than we think because when it comes to uh cinema, like that idea of a robot or an AI companion has been around forever. Like there was literally um, yeah. a sixties episode of the twilight zone where a guy's in a prison Island, sorry, prison planet, <laughs> prison planet. And uh, he has like an AI companion. And then like at the end, they like shoot her and he's like, see, did you, you thought it was still real? Like, you know, uh, I feel like in terms of human society, eventually we will graft onto like the media depiction of the potentiality of these technologies. And then by the time we get there, they'll look, they'll look externally similar to media because it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. There's some kind of like hyperstitional content to like the prediction we make through media and the actual technology, which will be much more banal than we feel than yeah. we think like, so I mean, maybe that's too crazy. I'm not, I'm not too. I'm honestly not too worried about AI right now. Okay, so this AI art is going to put Twitter artists out of commission. All right, good. I mean, they're they're not artists. It's like illustrators. It can make illustrations. The Wacom tablets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like okay, the, like too many people call themselves artists now. It's like, dude, you're exactly. Making you're making illustrations. Yeah. Very different. It's you're very making different furry thing. porn. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yes, exactly. if it can get rid of those people, if it can body those people, then that's pretty good. Um, yeah, and it just and I think that'll be a way to like 
it's like, hey, if your stuff doesn't look better than what I can generate in AI, then I don't want to pay you. And I think that hopefully what that does is it raises the bar for for actual artists. And yeah. the thing is, is that if you're really good at what you do, if you're really good at what you do, then you sh you honestly shouldn't have to worry. Um, but also, like when it comes to fine art, though, I don't think fine art will be affected because the predication of value on skill and artisan and craft is sort of like a thing of the past, anyways. You so, know, you know what kind, you know what kind of pissed me off, and this yeah. is maybe a very like postmodern like bug man take of mine. Oh yeah. But I saw the YouTuber Shadowversary that like was saying that the uh, um, the one AI basically like ana anime waifu art was more <laughs> was, was more art than the banana duct tape to the wall. I'm like, dude, no, the banana duct tape to the wall is like more art than that because like you have to understand the context of the banana duct tape to the wall yeah. and how it's like a Duchampian, um, you know, kind of like troll statement in a sense. But and it's the like fact how that there's like minted NFTs to it that you could like put on the wall yourself. Yeah. And, and it's like, and it's like how people, people are like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mod postmodern art is just a urinal. It's like, well, do you understand what Duchamp was doing with that? Like, do you understand the intentions and everything? Like, yeah, there is an intention behind it that actually is artistic. And I have a Duchampian idea uh, for a film. Yeah, we were talking about in your podcast. Yeah, yeah, we're talking uh. about my podcast. Yeah, and mm -hmm. uh, but it's just like the people. It, it's like, yeah, yeah, the banana with. I, I would argue the banana duct tape to the to the wall is more artistic than. Um, and that AI it was like a superwoman waifu. If I really, or, or was it wasn't like I'm a not superwoman? Saying, I'm, not saying, um, I'm not saying that it's deep. I'm not saying yeah. banana trapped to a wall is deep. You're calling me a midwit here. I'm saying that it's more artistic. <laughs> I'm saying that it's more artistic than some like AI, like uh, sort of you know, AI illustration of a uh, anime waifu. Yeah, true. But real yeah. anime is different, though. Real anime is more artistic than both of them. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Anime. Uh, moving on yeah. to the super. Maybe you should review some anime one day, Kino Corner. I reviewed Perfect Blue. Um, you did? Yeah. Oh, I, I must have missed it. I love Perfect Blue. Yeah, I, I reviewed Perfect it. Blue. I reviewed it. Uh, um, uh, I, I, review, uh, I reviewed it a couple of years ago. Um, you should review Paprika. Cool See, I'm not huge on Paprika. I much prefer Millennium Actress. Really? Uh, eh? I could watch Millennium Actress. Yeah. Paprika was good, though. I mean, Paprika, I like, you know, the animation, but yeah. Yeah. Like, the thing about Paprika is that it felt like, um, uh, it felt like, uh, um, I, I said this in my last actually stream right before coming over here. Is that it's like going into a candy shop where it's like it's very colorful and yes, um, you know, and you're and it's almost like sensory overload. Like as it a is kid. sensory, yeah. But yeah. um, <clears throat> but there's no substance to anything there. It feels very super. Like I think it's, I think it's Satoshi Kon's most superficial movie. Um, it's his most normie friendly movie. Yeah, this is his most normie friendly movie. Yeah. Um, and then uh. With Millennium Actress, I, I I think it's like it has like the sort of character depth that you get with like Tokyo Godfathers, mm. uh, but it does blend that kind of uh, uh, that that sort of uh, very creative spirit that he has in, in Perfect Blue and in Paprika with the blending of the fantasy, the films, and the Japanese history, 
and how it like weaves in uh, Japan's role in World War II uh, mm, with this like love story with this like documentary that's um, um, going, you know, that's like about it and sort of the nature of of acting, the nature of of love and sort of reality. And I and I think that the characters are just really kind of well defined and um, there's a lot to them that I just didn't really get with paprika. Mm, you know, I, I just see. like, there wasn't enough to chew on. Um, yeah. Um, there wasn't enough to chew on with paprika for me. Um, oh, here's a super chat. I took Kino's rec to watch walking the streets of Moscow. Best film I've seen in months. hundred percent recommended. Oh, we'll, yeah. get, we'll get to that one, but, uh, Georgi Danelia is really good. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, for $5, Robert Strickland, um, did they mention the high score list or were they writers too boomer to know about it? The high score list. Like uh, as far as like mass casualty events. Oh, who's got the high score? Is it uh, Mateen or is it? Um, I, I can't believe we're talking about it in this terms, but you know. Uh, I'm not sure. But yeah, I don't think they mentioned it. Yeah. I don't think I so. But it's been a couple of years. Prude, Prude would probably have the. Uh, yeah. He'd I probably have the notes because he watched it this morning. Um, Fishy Frenzy for $5. Have you seen uh, Dog Eat Dog, Affliction, or Light Sleeper, Underrated, Paul Schrader, Kino, especially Affliction? We talked about Affliction. Um, no, wait. Did we talk about Affliction? No, uh, I haven't seen those. Um, I haven't seen a lot of like Paul Schrader's directorial efforts. I've seen a few. Um, yeah. But I should probably dive into some of his uh, the films that he's directed. I've seen more films, I think, that he's written than he's directed. But I, as far as the movies... Oh, I've seen... Course. I wanted to... Oh, yes. I wanted to review... I had a, I have a note of like, like film, like, um, article or like, like one-off like video ideas. I wanted to review affliction in relation to that one, um, that one Jack Nicholson film where he's like a, a retired cop afflictions, total Kino. I love affliction. Um, I, I watched it years ago with my old man, but, uh, I haven't watched Late Sleeper. I haven't watched Dog Eat Dog. But now that I, I remember Affliction, yeah, Affliction's like, I highly recommend it. It's a really great film. Um, it shows more of like the sort of, dis, like the sort of uh, dissolution of like fly, quote unquote, fly over America than like most things. Uh, and like the fact that history is like, like a history of a town was like disappearing from you. Uh, it's it's really great. I, I highly recommend it. You should watch Affliction King of Corner. I yeah, I'll like. check it out. Yeah. The uh, um, I want to go to the person who loves walking the streets of Moscow. I have a problem. I have a bone to pick with this person. Actually, well, we have a few more super chats. So, for oh, yeah, a few more. Uh, Daily Wire by MG Daily Wire must adapt Paul for right wing stories. Maybe, 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 maybe. They, do, they could do a film of Nutcranker. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> adapt some Dan Dan Baltic and Delicious Tacos. Yeah. And and Janislav for 99. Thank you, Janislav. Thank you very much. And uh if people want to donate any more super chats, that'd be great. I'm getting to the one that you wanted to talk about. Is it this yeah. one? Um Kavas Enjoyer. Kavas Enjoyer for five dollars. Um, I yeah. took Kino's wreck to watch Walk the Streets of Moscow. Yeah, go ahead, Kino. You want to talk about this? Yeah, my bone to pick is how do you enjoy Kavas? Like I've I've given Kavas many, many, many tries to enjoy it. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I first I drank Kavas in America, and I was like, "Oh, this is kind of 
gross, kind of weird tasting. And then I was at a monastery in Russia and I was like, well, they make the kvass here. So I'll try like real kvass. And again, it tasted like weird tasting. I didn't really care for I drank my whole bottle of kvass that they gave me, but it was, uh, I didn't <laughs> enjoy it that much. I've tried it. I've tried to make, I, I've tried to drink kvass many times. And then I'm told that there was a, uh, like a cold salad, a cold salad that was, I guess, popular during the Soviet Union. Oh, yeah. In which they would blend mixed kvass with uh, mayonnaise and then with like carrots and peas. Um, and with the bones what... of uh, of Cheshire. Mayo yeah. salad. Let, let me let me look this up. Um, uh, is it kvass is for aristocrats? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's uh, Oroshka. Yeah, yeah, the Russian summer soup. Yeah, aristocrats of the soul. Um, you either get it or you don't. Uh, look, <laughs> I, I try. I try to get it. There's a lot of there's a lot of Russian foods I I really really love. You know. Yeah. I love pilmeni. I love um, what I what I would eat all the time. Is where you have like a um, bread and then like butter and uh, um, uh, sour cream. Uh, smetana and then Ooh, that's uh, e- good. and then ikra like uh, fish eggs on it and you would eat like i would eat that for for lunch oh my gosh i love that so much you're a row fan i'm a i'm a big row fan really eh i can never oh, get yeah. it uh, i'm not a big fish person i like but ikra um my, my mother likes row but yeah uh, it's uh well yeah borscht too like and then green borscht I actually like better than red borscht. What's the um, difference with green borscht? Has like sorrel in it. It's a bit more sour. Wow. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Uh, let's I'm see. Squatting here. my puddle by a bus stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, and you got to drink. No, and you got to be like in an Adidas tracksuit drinking Baltica <laughs> beer. Baltica beer. Yeah. Yeah. It's Baltica. Oh my, um, my favorite, like I am a vodka snob and people tell me all vodka tastes the same. That is not true at all. No, there's good, there's there's good vodka and there's bad vodka. And what's the um, Canadian one? Goose, um, gray goose. Well, gray goose is French. Oh, it's French. It's there's French. It was, it was, so gray goose was French. It was established by Russians who moved, who moved to France, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, but my favorite my two favorite vodkas are Beluga vodka, which is Russian. I heard Beluga's and, good. And then Reka, which is Icelandic. Hmm. Um, is there a difference between the Icelandic and the Slavic vodkas? That yeah. So um the Icelandic one actually Reka tastes more like it's it has more of like a clear sort of taste. Like it's it's it tastes more like water. Um I could imagine, like, yeah, the Scandies having more of like a refined, like, yeah, it definitely tastes more refined. Beluga, Beluga yeah. tastes a little less refined, but it has a pretty great flavor to it. And also, you know, um, uh, but there's actually a good vodka from Florida, uh, St. Augustine vodka, but I don't think you can buy it outside of Florida. And that, and I think that that vodka has like sugar cane in it. So it has a sweetness. It has a sweetness to it. 
that's actually it's quite tasty I, but it's it's a very subtle sweetness um i i'm, I'm talking about this I, i'm like mark andreessen i don't know if you saw that <laughs> that, that tweet thread where he's just like he gave up he gave up um drinking and now he's like man how do i have fun at night you know um, <laughs> this, is like like a, I, this is like a mr d uh twitter space where he's talking about different spirits late at night i so. like i uh um like you know i give up drink like i don't drink during lent so i'm just like oh yeah now i'm gonna be thinking yeah. about i don't really this. drink i mean i don't know i drink on the weekends i i drink like uh you know your weekend warrior yeah i i, I drink like when i go out with my friends um or my friends come over uh and the th the thing about drinking too is that it does help me get through bad movies <laughs> so if i why do like, you watch so many bad like what's a, a recent bad movie you've seen that you well i watched velma. oh yeah velma true but like that's that doesn't count that's a like, recent bad like, yeah a recent yeah. bad movie that i watched uh yeah tear on the prayer <laughs> <laughs> i wonder why i watched that one. <laughs> oh boy um i normally just yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, I normally just watch bad movies um like because I'm gonna talk about it on a podcast or on yeah. something. Like I don't think I've seen the American. No? Yeah, I don't think so. I see the American. I wonder if I've seen it. Um I was I saying on my stream that like Yeah, I saw the, the American. I it's all right. I mean, it's one not. of the ironic things about like being a film YouTuber is that I uh, no longer have time to yeah watch movies. It's yeah, like I love being, yeah I, I no love Holy Motors. Susan Hibiri, uh, I love Holy Motors. Yeah, people have recommended me that Holy Motors a few times. I should watch it. It's like a real surrealist film, you mm. know. Um, like there's a lot of movies that their idea of surrealism is that it's like a normal movie. And then sometimes it gets a little weird. Yeah. It's um, more of like a fantastical realist film than a surrealist film. Yeah. Yeah. And Holy Motors is really just sort of like, he's throwing everything at you. Um, he, you know, it's, it's bizarre, but it's, uh, um, yeah. Lewis Carax is a very interesting direct, very interesting director. I don't know if you saw it in that last um, year. Or the year before last. I think I have. Yeah. Annette with the uh, Adam Driver, Marion Cotillard, and they have a baby who's a puppet that like sings. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a fun movie. Um, William Rose was a big influence on Korean. Nice. Um, I have to, yeah, I have to watch it. But um, yeah. if anyone has any more Super Chats. Uh, so anyways, uh, I guess we could go to Schilling. Uh, what do you have coming up? Uh, you have the, so, the, the her. Yeah. Thing. I mean, I'm okay. So this weekend I'm going to be, uh, turning my master bedroom. Um, I'm going to be turning my master bedroom into the black lodge and I'm going to be doing a series reviewing every episode of twin peaks. It's going to be like half in the bag style and I'm going to have some mm. friends on it. Uh, I think I'm I disgraced propagandist Isaac Simpson. He I might have him as a guest. Nice uh, po poetry grifter. Oh, uh, I, like, I like poetry grifter. She's uh, she's she's a good IRL friend of mine. Um, oh yeah. And nice. so she's gonna come on as a guest and possibly I want to have like, her in the show. 
Um, Poss- yeah, possibly Ariel, possibly Ariel Pink, possibly like a lot, like basically like all my friends, I'm going to be uh, making characters and stuff out of my friends and probably going to, I'm so I'm going to be doing that as like a weekly thing, uh, probably starting in April, uh, shooting a lot of stuff nice. this, this month and then, you know, and then kind of uh, editing them and releasing them like every Tuesdays every Tuesday, uh, Twin Peaks Tuesday. And so the idea is like, you know, each, each uh, episode is going to be talking about one episode, like the, you know, we're, we'll start with the pilot and we'll get to episode two, three, four, five, six, you know, up until the finale and then go to um, season two and uh, basically cover the entirety of Twin Peaks from uh, season one to the return Twin Peaks fire walk with me. And, um, Nice. Possibly ending with maybe a video game review of Helen Wake, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and um, but yeah, so that's going to be the new big thing. I'm uh, doing research now for a video I'm doing on Bones and All. Uh, I'm kind of, I guess, focusing on cannibal films for a little bit. So I'm going to do Bones and All and Cannibal Holocaust. Um, nice. Yeah, nice. and Cannibal Holocaust, I think, is another movie. It's like sallow in the sense of like people just talk about how disturbing it is. But I think that Cannibal Holocaust is a film that's full of really interesting ideas, especially about prop, uh, like how propaganda is made and uh, yeah. the sort of the, the lies that uh, employed by filmmakers. And I, I think that it's something that something that needs to be discussed and i think it's a film that deserves a sort of reappraisal in the sort of youtube movie sphere and i think that bones and all bones and all was one of my favorite movies of last year uh it was i felt like an actual like transgressive film i mean and people were telling like i had some of the most retarded um uh replies saying that it was about homosexuality it's not about homosexual like the movie yeah, is not it's like about a metaphor homose- for it or whatever it's a metaphor for mental illness yeah. Um, yeah but it's essentially true it's essentially a vampire movie it's like to me it it feels like a mix between near dark and true romance or badlands mm, nice um and but you know it but it under but it's like the film understands that vampires are no longer transgressive uh so they make them cannibals and you know, for story purposes, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's when to go psychosis. Really. Yeah, exactly. So story purposes is the same thing, but it's like, like we're no, like we're not like audiences of the 1930s who might be shocked by seeing, you know, no, or Nosferatu like suck, suck somebody's blood or. And that, you know. and that itself was a metaphor. Like people say there was like a metaphor for sexuality or whatever. Yeah, I, um, I, but I would I would say that in uh, the vampire movies that it's way more sexual. I think that actually turning it to cannibalism makes it more transgressive, but mm. also sort of strips it of a lot it's of its sexual element. It's, it's, it's sexual element. Yeah. Um, yes or no? Because I feel like there there is like, yeah, you could say like I mean, even cannibalism implies like some kind of like it's a all cons- it's all consumption. But like in the whole yeah. thing about bones and all, like you know, we we're talking about Bataille, and I kind of wanted to bring this up. Hmm. Um, uh, I kind of wanted to bring this up. It's like he Bataille says in in erotism, eroticism. Or I think it's erotism technically is what the hmm. book is called. But um, 
he brings up that like the body sort of or, or the idea of the soul like exists like the bones can live on forever and then that's like how we know that that person like still existed right like that person yeah. is still there and so in bones and all it's like you become like the idea in the movie is that you're not a real cannibal you don't become essentially like the elder cannibal until you consume somebody bones and all meaning that you like just eat their soul you know it's like you, mm. you're not just like eating the rotting flesh it's like you're also just like consuming their entire uh their whole their soul, whole being yeah their whole being and, and you become like that monster and the and, and the thing that um i think is sort of interesting in this in, in the film is like whereas vampires right it's a lot of times it's they become a vampire at some stage in their life for, for one reason or another. And this one, um, and this one, it's, a uh, uh, they're, they're born with this affliction. It's like they're, uh, you know, it's like they're, uh, um, they know that they're monsters. Yeah. And they hate, and like, they hate themselves that they have this, like this hunger that, that comes to them. And, and it causes, but it's like, this is the only way that they can live. And it causes them to really like hate their own, like their own being. And it, you know, has like this moral conflict in it that you don't really get with like, Vampire because films. they have to go farther because like people are talking about only lovers left alive and only lovers left alive. They find a, the workaround in it of just getting like the, the blood bags from the hospital, like people donating blood you know, and then um, I believe this came up uh, Wendigo psychosis in a supernatural episode that the same like moral dilemma of like eating flesh. Yeah. 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 And it's, uh, you know, but but in the movie, it feels uh, I think people want to attribute sexuality to it where I don't really see how you could because the movie, almost all the characters are heterosexual. The only time that there's any kind of homosexual encounter in the film is actually just because Timothy Chalamet picks up that a guy is gay and Timothy Chalamet acts as like gay bait so they can kill this guy. Um, yeah. And it's like... He's everywhere now, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, I think people want to say it's homosexual just because it's Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Um, uh, but... Um, but yeah, no, the movie was like in, in a drought of transgressive films. Um, and uh, in a drought of transgressive films, like this one felt like it's both artistic, like the cinematography of it is is actually really beautiful um, and understated. Um, and uh, and it takes place in the Midwest in the 80s. It, it makes a lot of departures from the book for good reasons mm. and it just kind of has this like the whole film has this feeling of like they're walking through uh uh the uh um the 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 whole film has like this uh idea like they're walking through almost like a post-apocalypse because you know the uh um good salmon is probably more right that it's about peace pd that like to me that <laughs> it, it feels like it's about like yeah schizophrenia or bpd or like you know feel or gen mental illness in general um and but it does um, does it have like the gummo like semi-post-apocalyptic vibe or? yeah it has a semi-post-apocalyptic vibe and then it's so then it actually kind of feels 
because it's 80s Midwest. Like the, all, all the places that they're in are like decaying. Everything around them is like decaying and like in a state of death. And That's so like it, that one stupid desert film with uh, Zac Afron I watched recently. Is that the Paperboy? Oh, was no. it the Paperboy where the guy like tries to like sweat him out to like maybe. yeah to get the hunk of gold? Oh, maybe not. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the it was an indie um, film. But yeah, so with um with uh with Bones and all, it's it you they kind of actually feel more. Like it feels like they're more a product of this kind of dead decaying society that they're like they're almost as a result of society decaying. And it's like these cannibals, the cannibalistic people are going to be like eating at this like already dead, you know, almost like maggots yeah. in flesh. Kind of. They're just eating at the carcass of civilization. Yeah, like the the vultures of civil. The, the West has fallen, and and oh must man, die. <laughs> I have to watch this film now. Millions must be eaten. Millions <laughs> must be cannibalized. Yeah, that's like ZHP. My good friend had the part about like cannibalizing e girls, and uh, someone replied like, "What about a trichinosis worms?" But um, final but yeah, two questions. Yeah. yeah, final two questions here. Oh, were you gonna say before? Oh no, I was just going to say that. Um, so yeah, I, I, and then it's just a beautiful movie. It's actually a good romance. Like it focuses the cannibalism thing happens and it's very shocking when it, when it happens, but it, uh, the main focus of the movie is on the romance between the yeah. two leads and, and it does feel like a true romance or like a badlands, you know, it is about like the one sort of weirdo loner girl, um, oh, femcell. Yeah. The uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's femcell going out with this like pretty you know pretty boy, but he's also super strange in his own right. He's like um, also a doomer weirdo, but he's got a heart of gold. Well, he's a doomer weirdo. He doesn't necessarily have a heart of gold. Oh, um, no heart of gold, but like yeah. But then they're being chased by this like uh, weirdo played by a uh, uh, Mark Rylance, who does a really good like villain in the movie mm, nice. of. And then it presents to the, and it's about her trying to find her mom to figure out why she has this affliction, right? Why, yeah. like, because it's passed down to her, like, from her, um, it's passed down to her from her mom. And so uh, she's, and she's trying to figure out a, a, a way to sort, like, to see if there's any kind of way to, to live with it. Um, Mm, interesting. And and there's different like, yeah. The the movie is a very interesting film. Um, I thought it was also very entertaining, and it was really really like, really well done. Um, but it's it's shocking in a sense. And I noticed that there are people, especially on the right, who, um, I don't think they even watched the movie, but they initially they immediately had like this like very negative reaction to it, and like being like, oh, this is a gay movie. It's all like uh, like the one. The, the one uh, tweet at me is like, well, if you replace the cannibalism with uh, homosexuality and sexual liberation, then the point of the movie comes to light. And it's like, oh, yeah, if you replace one thing with something completely unrelated, <laughs> then, then the point of the movie yeah, comes to it, light. Then exactly. What if, like, I remember this one like left to it and it was like a bunch of these anime racist quoting. He's like, what if this happened? What if this was this? What if that was that? It's like, yeah, what if it's like, yeah. Like what if it's not in the movie? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, um, it's like, you're, 
um you know it's like it's yeah. not in the movie and i mean but it comes down to like a lot of as i said i'm big into transgressive cinema yeah me um, too yeah and the thing is it's like i'll like i don't know why and you know and so people are like oh how could how dare you like uh how dare you like cover a movie like this i'm like do you have you watched my channel like <laughs> I think it's the people who've seen like my American psycho video or my literally me video. And they don't realize that actually most of the videos I do are on like irreversible and sour yeah. and well, Antichrist. me and Prude covered the teen apocalypse trilogy. So that's like, we got right wing people to watch uh, LGBT cinema. So that's just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm, and I just think that like, what's really missing in a lot of cinema is just transgression of any kind. Everything yeah. is so corporate now. Exactly. You know, um, and it's like, we were talking about daily wire movies. This is corporate for like big con, you know, neocon, <laughs> neocon corporate. Pundits, yeah. Um, yeah. So, oh, I had a question by a good friend, Philip Daniel. Uh, have you watched a uh, John Concatu films, which I'm sure I've, I've never watched a John Concatu film. I should, but. Um, um Oh, John Cocteau. Yeah, of yeah. course. Um, yeah. Uh, Jean Cocteau, yeah, I have several of his movies. Um, I love Orfe, uh, and I really liked Beauty and the Beast, but I much preferred uh, Orpheus. Well, I think I've watched Beauty and the Beast, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Orpheus. Yeah, I'm. I really like Jean Cocteau. I also like his uh, um, his his art that he did. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. He has a very um, distinct style that I I really like. I remember. I remember when I'd be walking in Paris and there'd be like, you know, uh, there was one place close to my apartment that all these like original Jean Cocteau posters, you know, and he like made like his own posters for his movies. Mm, that's right. And of course, like these original posters were going for like 500 euro. Like I couldn't afford it, <laughs> but I would still go in, in there and like just, just to look at them because I thought it was, you know, just to appreciate them because I thought it was super cool. Nice. And finally, uh, final super chat uh, by Ser Sergius. Uh, the Great War was a cinema masterpiece. MD giving getting the whole crew. What is the? Is he talking about not the Aquan Western Front? What is the Great War? Um, <coughs> I'm not sure. MD getting the whole crew back together gives me hope for right wing film. Yeah, apparently they're getting back together. So yeah, yeah, they're getting back together. Um... Yeah, it's uh, we're back. Um, we're so back. The white man is back, baby. Uh. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm glad that um, world They've peace settled two their is, differences. You know, yeah, I'm I'm glad that yeah that they settled their differences. I mean, because like I was I was cool with both Sam and Charles, and yeah, was, I was like, oh, man, I really hope they make up, and so I'm I'm glad that they did. Uh, and I'm hoping that I'm like, I was helping Sam with some, like finding some cameras for world peace too. Nice. And uh, whenever they shoot that, I, I need to shoot Sam a text and see if my only I, concern. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Cause I, 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 I want to audition. I want to be in a sketch. <laughs> <laughs> my only concern is I feel like it won't have the same feel. It can't by definition. It can't have the same feel as when they were on YouTube because it's like when you're like a young man, you're a sensitive young man. You're going to make things that are different than when you like have a family and you're older. And, yeah. Yeah. So 
Anyways, Kino Corner, thank you so much for coming on. It's actually great that we had a guest this week because like Prude got hit with a with a with a storm and his power is out. So um, next the week we'll be on his channel. The script that Cocteau did for Brisson was, I think, Les Dames de Bois de Boulon, which mm. uh, was also a really great film. Uh, nice. Cocteau also did a script for uh, Melville, uh, which was really? Les Enfants hey? Terribles. Yeah. And again, that's another great thing. And, and, and you might even, um, you might even uh, like think that Cocteau's best work was work that he wrote, but didn't necessarily direct. Mm. Um, I do love Les Dames du Bois de Bonon. It's a really, really great movie for anyone who's into Brisson. Check that out. Uh, but I think the, the Brisson movie that everyone should watch, and this is what I'll leave you with, is uh, The Devil Probably. Um, Kino has obviously rehearsed his French pronunciation. No, I, I used to live in Paris. That's that's what it is. Nice. Uh, I, I, the story is that I was supposed to make a film for art, whatever. Um, whatever. I was, supposed to, I was supposed to make a movie. I was supposed to make a movie in Paris. It was going to be like this 40 minute short that we had some deals with like French TV to, to put it on that. COVID got it like kicked off or COVID got canceled. Um, nice. But what the fuck is he saying? YouTube channel. Uh, and I said what I said. Like, uh, it doesn't really translate to English because Bois de Boulon is a um, is a neighborhood on the outskirts of Paris, you know, and mm. that's where like all the horrors go at night. Famously, well, that in Pigalle, but um, they Dan, still have those red light districts in Paris. Uh, Pigalle is pretty much um, is pretty much always been like a red light district. Uh, it's, I mean, it's like strip clubs now. It's not like technically brothels. As far as I remember, I didn't spend much time in, in Pigalle. Uh, <laughs> of course not. but it's, I, but I spent a lot of time in the neighborhood and like in the place next to it, which is Montmartre, um, which is because I went to church at, uh, the Sacré Coeur, mm. which is, you know, nice. um, but yeah, it's uh check out that check out the devil probably um from Brisson. it's a super black pilled movie but i think it's a uh, pretty uh i think it needs to have a little resurgence that's my uh, ending ending nice. thing here very good thank you kino corner from the bottom of our hearts and uh next week i will have probably i'll release the content mine with conscious car call so that's gonna be good when we talk about south africa we talk about um his recent uh, Afri Forum's recent documentary on South Africa and the current situation and a lot of history. So that's going to be great. Uh, and awesome. Yeah, Thanks for having me on, dude. No problem, man. So as I say every week, <laughs> and of course, Digital Archipelago will be on Prude's channel next week. We'll have something. Uh, the horses look like they're from the ladies. <laughs> Amazing. All right. God bless. Goodbye to sweet. Oh, sevens in the chat for single mothers. Once again. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy.